Since Brent doesn't want to start the podcast, I'll go ahead and do it. Oh, I didn't know. Well, look, <laughs> you so I'm looking. like organizing my shit. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? We're keeping all this in, man. Fuck it. We're, We're gonna doing keep it live. All- <laughs> I was going to press stop. What's up? Hey, oh uh, welcome back to Director Showdown, guys. Um, we are Adam and Brent. Brett, Brent and Adam. And we <laughs> talk about movies. And each season, we pit two of our favorite directors with the exception of uh, season three, Hell mm-hmm. Season, uh, against one another, up against one another, and uh, we talk about their movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is episode three, and we are back in Fincher's Corner uh, with a little movie. Might have heard of it. 20 years old now. Can you fucking believe that? I That's insane, believe right? That. Yeah. Uh, Fight Club. And with us today is our very own special guest, who is the first guest of this season. Yeah. How about you introduce yourself, sir? This is Eric. How's it going? Thanks for having and, me back. Yeah, you, yeah, were, you were you were on like not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Had you on for uh, they live, they live. They yeah. live. Yeah, and if yeah. this is your first episode listening, go back and, and listen, listen to that one again. because how could you listen to Eric's voice for the first <laughs> time on Fight Club and not listen to They Live? You'll yeah. you'll miss all the insert inside jokes that will happen later on in this um, <laughs> episode. But for Okay, Siri. Oh, why is we wh- are off God. to a rollicking start here? <laughs> Not even say hey. Siri. Two special guests. Was that today. was that Siri or Alexa? <laughs> was, Which one? That was Siri that time. We've oh, had okay. a lot of hiccups with Alexa and Siri, huh? We actually have yeah. this season. Yeah, is, is she on quiet mode? Just no, so she's she not. But in? we're not going to okay. say the A, a word, word again. because <laughs> it's already a miracle. Because we're not doing in. Spy Kids, and we yeah. don't want to reference uh, Miss Vega. Yeah, <laughs> Miss Vega. But um, for this episode, since we're doing Fight Club, everyone has their shirts off. There's no yeah. shoes. Yeah. No shirts. No and belts. We're not going to mention what it is uh, <laughs> for the rest of the. How crazy would that be if the rest of the episode we talk about anything but Fight Club, <laughs> just as like sticking to rule number one and two? What mm. were the other rules again? Do you guys remember? I have the book. Oh, okay. Oh, is it like front and center at the two, very beginning? Two men. Like if it's your first night. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there's only two guys. You can't do like group battles. There's actually <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> PvP. Yeah. There's like actually something that's there's a there's differences between the rules in the book and the movie oh interesting i'll read the book what because i have it in my hand yeah just turn it turn it into like a uh, like an audible audio book yeah let's okay. just let's just do it welcome to director showdown special edition audiobook session where your host adam Dauphin will be doing a reading of mm-hmm. chuck palanick's ni- 1996 96 novel Fight Club. Yeah, so that's why it's going to be 14 hours long. Buckle (laughs) buckle in, people. (laughs) The first rule about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds the same. 
The second rule about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. The third rule of Fight Club is two men per fight. The fourth rule of Fight Club is one fight at a time. The fifth rule of Fight Club is no no shoes, no shirts in the fight. The sixth rule of Fight Club is the fights go as long as they have to. And I think the the additional rule was that if this is your first night... In oh, Fight Club, I was going to say because all those, yeah. yeah, are in the movie, but they just mm. added the. I guess they added that for last a one. plot device to get. Um, who was it? There was like a new to get Bob to fight, right, yeah. or something like that. But it was just a sick ass line to just like end it off of like for sure. the first night of Fight Club. Yeah, yeah the way yeah. the way Pitt delivers uh, mm. those like speeches to like the Fight Club is so. I don't know, man. I Pitt is interesting to me because he. You have really mixed feelings about him. I kind of do, honestly. I think he's great. And the thing about him is I think he's a great movie star. I don't necessarily think he's a great actor. So, like, a lot of of times he has, like, the charisma and you're, like, into what he's doing. That's very interesting. Yeah, but I don't think the acting is always there. So he's just, like, Brad Pitt and he's damn good at it. Yeah, he's damn good at being Brad Pitt and I love him. But it's, like, Mm. I don't know, man. It's I almost like movies like this where he's playing someone closer to... I don't know. So like someone that's, uh, you know, not a role like Inglorious Bastards, where I think he's maybe stretched a little bit further than maybe he's comfortable with. Mm. Uh, we've he's not Aldo Rain. You don't like <laughs> I'm not a huge fan Nazis. of yeah, his, his Aldo Rain performance. But and then he has some other roles where he's like British and it's like, what the fuck are you doing, Brad? Like, <laughs> let's let's rein it in a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, this movie is very close to, I guess, closer to like a realistic uh character to at least him like he's not putting on an accent or anything like that um well how he is in real life seems yeah pretty, it definitely feels like yeah. on brand and i don't know if yeah. that's just our like because these are the first movies we saw with, or me personally saw him in so i associate mm. him with these characters i loved him in burn after reading um he's amazing in that and i think he's great he yeah. plays a great like doofus <laughs> and like i wasn't even aware of that until that movie yeah yeah, but, yeah. I, I like when when actors kind of like they're they they don't take themselves too seriously to play sure. a part like that and the coens do that really well yeah. I think. like a lot of their yeah burn after reading fargo is a great example yeah. of just like great actors playing like dumb asses yeah. and it's like it's really great but i mean you you hinted at it like uh what what what's like your historical context for fight club like when you first saw it what you thought about it like I saw it on TV. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was like TNT. I don't think it was HBO. And it was like probably a year or so after it came out. Cause Mm. like just about everyone else, I didn't see it in the theater. I know it didn't make a lot of money, Um, but I knew of it. And like, I had no interest in it. Not because I thought it looked bad or anything. I was just a dumb 12 year old and didn't know any better. And I didn't really know what it was about. And unfortunately I started watching it like towards the end. So the the spoiler was was like the twist was ruined for me. Oh, okay. Um, but rewatching it the second time, I still really enjoyed it, and like it was fun to kind of see how that happens and mm-hmm. being able to catch these little like hints of things. Yeah, for sure. I I, I think the the twist. Uh, we'll definitely get more into it too. It, it reminds me a lot of the Sixth Sense, actually. Like the movies couldn't be more different uh, in terms of what they're doing, but in terms of like their execution of maintaining that twist and like keeping 
you it's like a magic trick right like most movies kind of have this magic trick reveal at the end and uh i I think like six sense is kind of the best comparison for like another movie that does it so well you know so well when did you first watch it brent uh well i like we've talked about a lot i couldn't watch a lot of rated r movies so i i don't think i saw this movie until honestly i was in high school probably and it was like when probably like we knew each other and like i knew friends that uh, we're like all super into movies like, like I was. Oh man, dude, you haven't seen Fight Club, dude? Yeah, I'm sure that's how yeah. I heard about it. Somebody was like, what, you haven't seen Fight Club? And I watched it. It's always that phrase, what, you yeah. haven't seen XYZ? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's, uh, and, it, and it was like, after I saw it, I was like, holy shit, man. I can't, I can't believe like, it's one of those things where you're, you're like, man, I can't believe movies can be this. I can't mm-hmm. believe a movie can do this and break rules like that and have mm-hmm. Ed, Edward Norton walk into an ice cave and see a CGI penguin, like in this <laughs> otherwise like very real movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it kind of blew me away and it was, was probably one of my favorite movies for a number of years until I saw more movies and it just, you know, you change and stuff like that. It's but, funny. Yeah. yeah. Like I saw this in, uh, cause my buddy, who was like a skater dude. Like I hung out with the skaters in middle school and whatever. I wasn't a skater, but yeah. well, you know, with your, with your like bowling, uh, like fire hot rod shirts. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And you're like cargo, and cargo shorts. shorts. Fit right in, man. Tell you. Buzzy button ups. Oh, I mean, God. I Tell wasn't, me you had a dragon ball Z <laughs> button up. No, no. <laughs> that's too, I would have worn it if I, Hell if yeah, I dude. did. My brother, I would be one. completely honest about that. My brother wore it to the sixth grade dance and there's a picture of him in the oh, yearbook. Shit, <laughs> God. Hey, do, you go to Reddit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, what's it called? Blunder years. You should definitely find that picture and like put it on that. Cause that would blow up on blunder years, man. <laughs> Is so it, good. Does, was he wearing Jinko jeans as no, well, dude? We weren't that, allowed that was to my wear Jinko jeans. <laughs> dude, I always wanted those. Yeah. Like I always I, I like I yeah, I don't I don't care to admit like I you know, I'll admit it. Like I walked into fucking Walmart and I was like, fuck man, I wish my mom would let me get those. <laughs> into those look Walmart, so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Those are tight as hell. Like that's like I don't want to <laughs> see my feet. Yeah. That's how fucking baggy those things hell yeah, man. should be an ought dude, to Dude, okay, so you you wore them, right? How was walking in those sons of bitches? Was it like well, fucking the thing impossible? is like I wasn't I didn't have the extreme versions like I, they okay. were pretty baggy but they had like the where, entry level jinkos <laughs> yeah much. to yeah. where the white you can see the white belt of the jinkos <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't cool enough to actually pull off the the, the shoe covering mm. you know like yeah. I think the I think the advanced levels were where you could like also clean your floor like you had like yeah. attachments like, <laughs> yeah, like brush just, attachments yeah Sw- swiffer actually <laughs> uh, had a deal with jinko to just have these little attachable uh like wood flooring cleaners and then you can upgrade it to where you can have like a, a vacuum like suction like <laughs> yeah exactly attachment on it yeah, that's the that's the one that didn't do so hot and kind of put them mm. under but <laughs> so the question is jinko still in business they came back look recently. no shit i think really? they came back wow. yeah i don't know if it's like order only i haven't seen them in stores mm. but it came back and I thought it was like an onion article. You know it's coming back. Yeah. It's gonna be back soon. Man. Yeah, that that must no. have required like, like we're a gonna Volkswagen have... like esque uh rebranding. Like <laughs> no. everybody likes to forget that Hitler uh promoted uh VWs when they first came out. But well so did Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss made all those uh suits Oh that's right, yeah. They all manufactured those very nice it. uh suits. I mean they looked nice. They did look very cool. If there's one thing you give Nazis, it's their uh sense of fashion. Very stylish. <laughs> Anyways, um, the, back when I was wearing all these uh, Nazi Nazi um, 
uh, apparel. Jinkos. Jinkos. The Nazi Jinkos. <laughs> the Nazi Jinkos. <laughs> um, I, my buddy, yeah, he had, he said, dude, you got to check this out. And he let me borrow the DVD of Fight Club. Mm. And I remember watching it. And I was like, cool, there's like all this violence and like yeah, yeah. wow, there's this twist ending. That's so cool. And that's all I thought about about yep. Fight Club. <laughs> Absolutely. There was same. there was it was all this like surface level shit, mm-hmm. you know. It was just like, whoa, they were the <laughs> same person? Yeah. And they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all it was. <laughs> and then high school, like I hung out again, like I always reference these hipster girls that I Hung oh, out at O'Connor yeah. with. You know, they had this book trying to too get amongst. Uh, oh yeah, uh, dude. David Foster Wallace and mm-hmm. like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I mean, I picked up the book pr- probably in high school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and I read it in high school, trying to get into those hipster girls like pants because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, they like this book. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was actually a really great book. I yeah, really enjoyed it. Hear, yeah. I've only read it like a few times. I don't. It's been a while. Like I don't really remember the key differences between them. Mm-hmm. You know. I've, I've read it at least once, maybe twice, mm-hmm. but it definitely has been a good 10 years since I've read it. It's a quick-ass read, yeah. though, from what I remember. Yeah. I also short. just yeah. learned to, like recently that I've been saying Chuck Palahniuk's name wrong for years. Is it what? Palahniuk, right? I, uh, Palahniuk. Okay, see, I'm still saying it wrong. I thought it was Palahniuk for like Oh, geez. I think it's I, years. Palahniuk. Pal- Palahniuk? I, I think it's Palahniuk, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think it's Palahniuk. Yeah. Yeah. It's one I've only heard. Uh, well, I've never heard. I've mm, only like Chuck read Palahniuk, it. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, his, his last name is just spelled like really weird. Yeah. So. Mm. What are you supposed to do? Anyways, um, yeah. So as as uh, I'm sure with you guys, you kind of evolved with this movie. Like you're, it's yeah. like that kind of interesting movie that like we started off as kids, and then we find more like meaning behind it yeah you know the layers as we mature in age so i wonder For sure it's like a, it's like yeah. a tarantino in that sense kind mm-hmm. of you know like uh at on the surface level uh and i'll probably compare it to a couple more things that i was thinking about during watching it but like uh you know at on the surface level it's like oh man this is so badass these guys mm. are so cool and then like this time watching it uh and we can take away like talk about our like different readings of what happened and what things mean but uh uh yeah, I mean the guys in this movie are shitty. Uh, I think we're supposed to think they're shitty. Um but uh I guess we can get into that in a little bit. Well, yeah, we can get into like the themes of the movie because yeah. there's a there is we can because that's like I think probably the deepest dive that we're going to take right now. Yeah, because yeah, for sure. I think uh I was telling Brent how like this movie is actually I think super important to watch nowadays during the whole Trump administration, yeah. the alt-right rising, yeah. um, install movements and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that this is a great movie to, because like, I don't want to say that they're shitty people. I, I kind of want to, <laughs> well, I want to comment on like, just like masculinity in of itself and what it means to be like a man and how there's not really too many, like Chuck Palahniuk was saying how, like years later, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and mm-hmm. he was talking about Fight Club. And he was saying how, like, there's not really many, like, um, stories that really, like, talk about masculinity, like, yeah. as, like, as, like, reality as opposed to, like, the hyper reality, like, action films and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like, this is a great, like, dive into, like, masculinity this movie yeah for sure i think um also talking about it being really important right now i think it's because 
uh, I mean, a certain group of men like grew up on this movie, I, I think is, is fairly uh, accurate to say. And uh, you can definitely see how they can take away certain things as like, you know, I'm going to be influenced by this. This is a part of like my personality um, that uh, are like really awful, toxic things mm. that uh, were, I'm sure, not intentioned by uh, Chuck Palahniuk. But um, it's like it's almost similar to uh, I was actually thinking a lot of like Wolf of Wall Street watching this uh, last night and how um, <clears throat> it's it's kind of about these shitty people. And I guess we can break it down because it's not as simple as like Wolf of Wall Street, I guess, is where at the end, you know, he like punches Margot Robbie and it's this like almost not reveal, but it's like, oh, did you forget? Oh, what movie they have watching? that. They have that moment in this movie, though, when uh, when yeah. Bob dies and like when he beats the yeah, shit out of Jared Leto. True. That's Those really the, true. Yeah. That's the moment where it's like. Oh shit! Like this has gone way too far now. Yeah, they're they're a yeah. cult. They're fucking they're four chan. Like at that point, mm. pretty much. Like this movie is pretty much about like a pre internet four chan. In all fairness, <laughs> though, I I've never been a fan of Jared Leto. So I mean, as a kid watching that part, yeah, I didn't take it the way I think I was supposed to take it. <laughs> You're like, oh <laughs> hell like, yeah, dude. fuck Jordan Catalano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thirty seconds more sucks. <laughs> God. Oh, fucking Jared So, Leto. I mean, like, it, it is a a huge, like, commentary on masculinity. I mean, you got few. I mean, you got, like, Tyler Durden always speaking of his, like, um, his, like, manifesto, like, saying, like, we're a generation of men raised by women, mm-hmm. you know, and just, like, self-improvement is masturbation, now self-destruction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't even finish the, the line, though. I wonder what he was going to say after... Um, after which one? Self-destruction. Because he says, self-improvement is masturbation, now self-destruction. And they get interrupted by oh, that's some right. guy on the bus. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's... it's uh, Yeah, and it's really fascinating that... I mean, Brad Pitt's entire character is just a... Uh, it's, it's essentially what Edward Norton wishes he was. And, mm. like, it's... I mean, at the end, when you find out what's... Ha- like, you know, the twist happens, it's like... It's like, oh, this guy's like mentally ill, and it's like, look, look uh, at all the followers who he's attracted just by, uh, <laughs> just mm-hmm. by like his his like toxic beliefs, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I mean, is that really like, um, is he really at fault for believing those toxic things about? Because I mean, if you look at like the aggregation of his life, like the the consumerism that has literally consumed him and he has no like definition of like being a male like i mean you see all the like he goes to a um he goes to the uh the testicular cancer where he meets bob and all of them are literally like severed like they've been castrated all of them yeah for sure so they've lost like even the group's name is called like remaining men together like these are all men who just like have lost their like identity as males yeah yeah so it's like it's that it's that thing that like Edward Norton's character also feels that way. Like he feels like he's emasculated by um, consumerism and like mm-hmm. the capitalist system and the corporate yeah. life he's in. Well, then you that know? then uh, he's I become didn't a lady down. because of it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like and then when early on when he meets Brad Pitt, they're talking about like we're not hunting anymore. Mm. It's like we all we do is just shop and consume. Mm. And uh, I mean, no. Speaking of what you said before, I don't think. I don't think it's like his fault. He's clearly like a victim as like it's revealed at the end when like, <laughs> but it's, it's just fascinating how like that ideology, uh, 
can like really grab hold of a group of people. And I think that's like something that's well, yeah. I mean, super interesting. That's what's good about this. What's great about this film is yeah. that it explains like how fascism can rise from like a capitalist <laughs> system. You yeah. Know? Cause For like sure. they're literally dressing in black at the end and fucking doing terrorist deeds. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like literal terrorist. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's why I think it's one of the most cynical movies ever. It's like, it's all cyclical. Like you're going to have like a, res- like you're going to have a stable system mm. that, that is done by like capitalism, like a consumerist society. Yeah. And then you're going to have that stabilized. Then you're going to have like people who aren't okay with that stabilization and then create chaos just just to do it. Because, like, entropy... For sure. Like, it's, like, inherent vice and stuff like that. I think those are the best type of movies that... Like, Roma is a good example. Like, mm-hmm. fucking inherent vice. These movies are great in the sense of, like, displaying, like, entropy in society. And it's not, like, yeah. ne- necessarily, like, saying... It's not preaching. It's just showing you, like, how, like, these cycles work. You yeah. Know? Well, and then David Fincher is a guy also who, like... Oh, like always makes everything entertaining too. So it doesn't at all feel preachy. In fact, the, the movie, uh, just by the, pr- like the process in which it's made, like it's construction is like putting you inside their headspace almost. Mm. It's like, it's like the way that we viewed it when we were younger is almost like exactly how, um, the project mayhem guys view Tyler Durden. Oh, you hell know? yeah, dude. So it's like, it's I wanted so- to join up. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like uh and then growing up when you have like the context of like what these, you know, what the actual consequences are, who these people would be nowadays, they'd be like the fucking incel 4chan like alt-right guys. There's definitely like a handbook for like the MRA. Um just I mean, and there's I've I watched a lot of like YouTube analysis, different kinds of perspectives on it. Yeah. And just uh, you know, Marla and I don't know how much of this I agree with, but there's there's definitely a theory that Marla kind of represents like the you know womanhood, and I mean she's just really the only female. Yeah, character. she's the only female. Yeah, character. definitely. And um, and how he creates this persona of Tyler Durden because he's not the man he feels that he needs to be to be with her. Right. Um, yeah. It's definitely kind of it, there. There's some the lack of consistencies with, with some of that in the movie, but. I feel like a lot of the stuff that they talk about in Project Mayhem and how they feel like they're being castrated and, and things like that is very, it's so weird. Like 20 years later that you've got men's rights mm-hmm. activists who almost like verbatim are saying things like that and feel like yeah, they're being, wild, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting too. Well, it's because- not like, I mean, again, it's just like a cyclical thing because yeah. like yeah. It, we, we wouldn't have the real like, um, perspective or uh, datum because we don't we haven't lived as long as others so maybe th- this this has probably been happening for a long time you know what I mean like it's just a cyclical movement of yeah feminist and you know a masculinist with lack of a better term um, <laughs> uh, no yeah dude, know, that's back really and forth yeah know? like that's really interesting talking about the cycle because what I was thinking uh, and maybe I should have said this for like historical context is this is such. This is like maybe the most pre nine eleven movie that like 
I can even think of oh, because yeah, it's dude. so because it's just like yeah fucking consumerism there the man is fucking castrating us and then like two yeah. years later like that could not be a fucking smaller concern to people and so like talking about like the cycle of it yeah. it's like we're now back in the this rebound, mode 20 yeah. years later you know because mm-hmm. uh, for a while there in like the early to mid 2000s uh, like maybe that's why when we first watched this around that time period, mm-hmm. we could just easily be like, yeah, this is a fun movie, yeah. you know? But like when we watch it now with like the modern context of mm-hmm. like who these people are, like the, these people exist and they're like doing terrible shit, like yeah. mailing bombs to like, uh, like media companies and stuff. It's like, it's, it's like, it's still fun to watch, but it's like, it's a little scarier now because you're like, oh, okay, this is oh, yeah, more the, of a real the, life thing. Yeah. yeah, the context is so much yeah. different because even, even when I was watching the um, the com- uh, commentary with David Fincher, he remember the part where um, Edward Norton's character was like threatening his boss with like an AR-15, like he would just like go God, in there and just yeah. like shoot up the place? Yeah. And he said it was supposed to be played for like laughs, but then like Columbine happened and yeah. there, and it took like a totally like different tone. For sure. And then now it's even worse, like with yeah. all like the shootings that happen. It's like I remember watching this like recently and I was like, oh God. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It's yeah. yeah. Uh man, I, I can't think of a movie off the top of my head that changes depending on the context of the era you're it's in one of the most perfect one, yeah <laughs> you know and that's like that says something really powerful about um just like art in general and like what david fincher and the writer and chuck palinuk made um i wanted to actually talk about that scene just talking about like uh i don't know the brilliance of because that scene we're watching tyler for the first time in like in edward norton's performance mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like like the word and uh edward norton even says it in that scene he says like uh, and, uh, for the first or something like I, I spoke as Tyler and mm. then he says this like super confident, like Brad Pitty line. And I think he even has like a physical gesture that like is something that Brad Pitt would have done. Mm. And like, you know, having the context of knowing the twist, watching it through this time, it's like, Oh, that's fucking cool. That's like a cool misdirect that, uh, like David Fincher's that's how doing. you know, uh, Edward Norton's the better actor here. He can play the, <laughs> Dude, the two. Okay. The two Edward people. Norton. Yeah gets a lot of hate because apparently he's like the David Fincher of actors and apparently (laughs) he's just like very, very controlling and uh, likes to like get his hands on like rewriting the script on every movie that he does, but he's fucking great. Like he's a great, he he does, he does really well. So yeah, I mean, I can only speak as a consumer of film, (laughs) Um, but he, he's, he's really good in everything he's, he's in. Like, I haven't seen him. Like I could tell that he could, he's probably an asshole, like for sure in real life. But yeah, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't matter to me because I'm just, (laughs) I'm just watching movies. Yeah. He makes, he makes uh, entertaining, entertaining Mm. stuff. I think he's like directing his first movie. It's called like fatherless Brooklyn. I'm surprised that movie is like, exist i feel bruce like he willis just, apparently fine well, he was talking about yeah. it on the bruce willis roast actually that bruce willis like oh, helped oh yeah dude his his section in that yeah. roast was <laughs> incredible man it's like so self he's like at self-aware, least self-aware yeah. <laughs> of like his his perception 
You uh, might as well just own it. I mean, it's your yeah. brand, so just, just for do sure. It. Yeah, yeah, and you that's know? probably why he's like maybe getting into directing. He's like, you know, maybe if people don't want to work with me. I'm going to make my own shit. <laughs> like, I'll just be a David Fincher esque <laughs> director and get like 80 takes of each thing and yell at people. Man, like, I wonder how like they worked together, like Edward Norton and yeah, David Fincher. Right? I wonder if there's like you an know? influence, like part of it. Like maybe mm-hmm. that's why he is the way he is because. But David Fincher, David like on the commentary, it. like he doesn't really talk too much about like how their relationship was. He would just say he was, he would just describe Edward Norton being like, you know, really good and just perfect for the role and whatnot. Yeah. But. I need, I need to listen to more Fincher commentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he, he's, he's great. He's uh, my favorite quote. He said on the commentary mm-hmm. was, um, that really stuck with me. I think just, you just got, I, I think I should think about this every time. Like I'll, like I would make a movie or like write a script or something. Mm-hmm. It says a lot of, a lot of movie making is fucking things up. And that's coming from David Fincher. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> cause it, cause he said like when they fuck, they fuck some scenes up, they're like, Oh, this is actually like what we will. <laughs> yeah. What, this is much better than what we intended. So we're going to yeah. do this. That's, yeah. that's something that I hear a lot is like mistakes are, uh, you know, like welcome mistakes because a lot of times like you end up mm. finding something better when like you start fucking up. So that is really interesting that he would say that though, like as Out the, of all people, the guy who's you know. like, you hear about him being a perfectionist and, mm. uh, yeah. Taking um, 60 takes and shit. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to talk a little bit about like the influence of this movie though. I feel like this, and I guess we maybe have in terms like politically a little bit, but mm. I feel like, um, I mean, similarly to Seven, man, I feel like this movie heavily influenced a lot of movies that came after. Even uh, I, I, I feel like, well, I guess they were probably being made at similar times, but I, I feel like uh, Nolan probably saw this movie and fucking adored it and like what Fincher oh, did with sure, it. Oh, sure, yeah. You know? Um, I love but, the palette, like the the colors. Yeah, I remember the being contrast, a, man, is yeah, so high, yeah. Being a kid and like, I think this was one of the, probably one of the first movies where like, I learned what cinematography was just because I just loved the way it looked. Mm. And mm. I, I think watching it as a kid and, and I don't know if I can remember watching a movie that looked the way this one looked. I mean, I saw seven years later. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember that specifically calling out to me when I first watched it. it Definitely. Looked- yeah. I mean, he, he, in, in seven, you can kind of see that he's getting his style. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this movie, it's fucking there. Like, um, and it, he does the game in between seven and this, right? Yeah. I think, I think I want to say it came out 97. Sure. 97. Well, this I was think. 99, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, this movie, man, it just feels like he's like, he's arrived. Like mm-hmm. he has his, uh, his like kind of signature move. He was of, just like, playing following. around with the game. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I saw that. It's not a bad movie, but. He was what? Playing around with the game? Yeah, it was just a stupid joke. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) That's a dumb joke. Got to remember to insert the uh, audience clapping and cheering here. Mm -hmm. Um, See, this is why it's so fucked up that you get to edit these. Like, (laughs) if I edited one episode, you would sound like a total doofus. Yeah, that's true. I would, like, put a, like, fucking Just put long pauses after, like, each line I say Mm -hmm. and just make it, like, draw everything out. And just, like, make you only, put it, like, a high-pass filter or whatever, make you only sound like like a fucking... (laughs) Like a chipmunk. Raise the pitch in my voice and slow it down so Mm -hmm. it just sounds like a a mentally challenged, like, chipmunk. (laughs) Um, No, but, yeah, like, he, he definitely has his style in this one like pretty much like his signature move and i never realized it until i think adam you showed me um a video about how he directs Mm. and how 
it's pretty much he follows the movement of an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, he's definitely, like, getting that down in this one. Yeah, because, like, in 7, you didn't see too much of that. Yeah. But... It definitely had the dark, uh, mm. like, the high contrast and, like, the dark colors and the grittiness. Um that he likes to have. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could tell they're made by the same director, but he's just like more, he's much more refined in, uh, mm. in fight club. Like you can tell like mm. this guy's getting better at what he's mm. doing, you know, like you'll have that, that whole movement thing you spoke of. Like, yeah. um, the one that I picked up that was so cool is the one where he's, when, uh, Tyler, the ending fight scene between Tyler and, uh, and Edward Norton mm. and how, like when he grabs his when Brad Pitt grabs his head, like you see the quick, like um, the, the pan down as he's like grabbing. So it like tracks his like Mm -hmm. uh, hand. It's so perfectly done. Yeah. Like, okay, there, there's the David Fincher. Like we're uh, looking for. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Like he's only, he only gets, uh, gets better from here on out pretty much. I, I don't know if he does another movie. That's like this kind of like dark and grimy though. After this, does he? I'm trying to think what's before Social Network. Zodiac, man. Oh, fucking so Jesus! What, am what I, is what? Did I forget? That's like that. your one of your favorite movies. Yeah, it's what, top five. <laughs> and I'm fucking sitting here forgetting it. Well, I always forget that's a Fincher movie. I don't know why. I just yeah, I because you know what's interesting. Like, and we talked about this on Seven a little bit because it's it's a little bit there. But like, he's a he's a director that I think maybe starting with Zodiac, he's like really obsessed with like showing the process of things. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of like part of why I love Zodiac so much mm-hmm. is like you're getting like these extraneous characters that have like an important role in like the story and, uh, you know, in, in like investigating the crime. And he's mm-hmm. just like in like Mindhunter is actually another great example of like showing the process of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so maybe he just does it for his like 70s crime stories. But uh, I, I don't know. That's like my favorite Fincher mode right there is when he's doing that. We should talk a little bit about uh, David Fincher's utilization of CGI. It's very interesting. Yeah. In terms of, like, filmmaking, because... Yeah, and this one, too. Like, uh, it's really interesting how he uses it. Because at that ending with all the uh, buildings exploding took, like, a year to do. Yeah. Each each frame had, like, a million pieces. That was on the commentary. He was talking about it, and... (laughs) And he was saying how like they would check in with the uh, with the artist, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm just working on uh, building number three, making sure uh, making sure the bombs are going to go off just right." And he's saying how like they thought it'd be hilarious if like the CIA was like listening to them, <laughs> and how like it sounded like they were like just plotting, like, yeah, like to blow up yeah. like skyscrapers. And it was, and one of those buildings was based on the Fox Building and stuff. Yeah. So they would be like, "Oh, you know, the Fox Building is uh, needs a little bit more <laughs> more shit, planning." Man. You know what a what a fucking like punk. Like David Fincher just seems like such a like fuck Hollywood guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like become even more apparent since Gone Girl and how he hasn't like done anything since. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like he want. it seems like he's a guy that like wants to do what he wants to do. And if like you're not on board with that and not going to like help finance it, then like mm-hmm. fuck like fuck off, you know. Well, it's funny because, again, I'm probably keep bringing up the commentary, but he said um, uh, this is how he feels about advertising. Like this is his like swan song about like how he feels about it and he said well yeah i did work on like commercials to start off that's and right stuff. but you know Music you had to videos. get work when you, when you had to so yeah that's yeah. kind of funny because I, I know there's are, are y'all into uh 
Covenant Hobbs or were you ever into Covenant Hobbs? Um, I've, mm. I've read a few, yeah. but not really, so I, I guess. I love Covenant Hobbs. There's this yeah. thing that goes around. It's kind of a stretch about how Fight Club is essentially Covenant Hobbs because Hobbs <laughs> is Taylor uh, Durden. And okay. It's it's not, it's not it's a flawed theory, but it's yeah. kind of funny that you say he was in advertising because Bill Watterson, who created Covenant Hobbs, was also in advertising, and he became so jaded that he refused to commercialize Covenant Hobbs. Oh, I think that's it's, right. It's yeah, interesting yeah. that there's that parallel that people connect these two, <laughs> and then there's that like so like anti-capitalist kind of message because mm. he, like all those the stickers you see of Calvin being like those are completely unauthorized. Like, yeah, he, the people wanted to do cartoons, stuffed animals, and he refused, he, and he still refuses to to this day. So yeah. I think it's funny that that kind of parallel and 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 how. There, there's a, a similar message in, in mm. the artist's intent, author's intent. Well, yeah, and like that, that kind of like cynicism, uh, and like I want to talk about the tone of this movie a little bit. And I guess we kind of already covered it. Mm. How the tone like kind of puts you in the mindset of almost Tyler Durden. It like makes Tyler Durden like look at how it fucking we have it on in the background. Like it's just following fucking Tyler Durden into the bar. Like he's this mythical mm. figure the whole movie, and like the movie setting him up, setting him up like that, and like putting him on this pedestal. Uh, like how fucking cool is this guy? He's the badass like fascist dictator you want to fucking yeah, follow dude. to it's, death. It's so know? interesting because like going back to how this is like an ultimate pre nine eleven movie. Like Fincher never goes for a tone like this ever again. Really, right? Like not not that I can think of because like Zodiac is like a very like realistic down to earth thing, and you I guess mean, social you network mean hyper. Maybe. Hyper reality, hyper stylized, yeah. yeah. Like because he's so fucking good at it, but mm. like he never really tries to do that again. I mean, he doesn't. Seven wasn't really like hyper reality. I mean, because like it yeah. served this purpose of the film. Because yeah, of, that's true. Like I guess it just depends on what type of film he's doing, right? So yeah. with Fight Club, he needed to have the hyper reality because he was a hallucination. You know, like it, it needed sure. to be in that like spectrum. You mm-hmm. know. I mean, that's why, you know, going back to the CGI, that's why he, they had all those really crazy, like, um, tracking, like, with going through buildings and stuff. like, And that looked really great, I'm just going to say real quick. Like, Wait, which, which... The CGI uh, parts where they were showing, like, the where the bombs were and stuff, you know? Yeah, it, it did look good. Mm. It's... Uh, that that's that's interesting, because uh, speaking For about C- his that's CGI... That's how you use CGI, like, <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, and what's... God, we're going to talk mm. about this in Zodiac, but... One of the things I love about Zodiac is there is so much fucking CGI in that movie. Mm. Like, San Francisco as a whole is pretty much entirely CGI, but it's like, it it just all blends in. Like, it looks so real, and he's Mm. making something that just looks completely authentic, and it doesn't have to be, like, a fucking monster or something, so there's no... um, that that fucking valley uh what's it called uncanny valley yeah there's no uncanny valley yeah. there uh because it's just it's just making shit that we've seen in the real funny life. thing is the uncanny valley part is when he was having sex with marla remember that crazy scene <laughs> yeah yeah it worked though yeah, yeah for it, sure it, that part always reminds me of the matrix reloaded oh, just because Lord, the bodies yeah. are going everywhere yeah. and like it just doesn't feel human but it mm. also makes you kind of not paranoid, but like it, it's awkward to watch it <laughs> mm. because it's a sex scene, but it looks like it's a death scene too. Like yeah. these body parts just yeah, dude. There's everywhere. so much fucking style in this movie, man. <laughs> like yeah, that all the CG scenes, like the scene where it like zooms into his like um, his like pilot light, like after mm. his uh, apartment explodes. There really is like a ton of CG, and that's probably why the budget was like seventy million dollars. Mm. You know, what's funny is that that sex scene um, Fincher didn't. 
Um, he says he doesn't like filming sex scenes because he thinks it's like super awkward to like, and makes yeah. sense for someone who's so controlling. He just doesn't want to go that far oh, to for where, sure. yeah, because he'd like, be like in there, like, yeah, he'd be in the yeah. nitty gritty. And so he's just like, yeah, let's just do like they directed it. He directed it with like those um, those suits on, so it's still them, like Brad Pitt oh, and yeah. and Helena Bottom Carter, like with the dots and shit. And they're still doing that stuff. What? And he's like directing. Oh, he did like mocap for <laughs> it. Yeah, mocap. That's yeah. wild. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but then I guess he's like, maybe oh, that's... we can fix it in post and like get what exactly I want. I guess with the mocap, he's mm-hmm. like more removed from it. Exactly. Like a sex. So it's like, like, all right. Yeah. You know. There's no like, yeah, yeah facade of like, oh, they're in a bed and they're like, mm-hmm. they look naked. It's like, oh, let's just cover them in dots. Yeah, they're not actually wiggle naked. on each yeah. other. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Hmm. The, speaking of Helena Bottom Carter, uh, she's fucking great in this, and this is like she maybe is so good. Yeah, yeah. This dude it was almost played by like uh, like Reese Witherspoon, right? <laughs> Which would have been like Woo! she's a great actress and would have been interesting, but I think like yeah, Helena Bottom Carter really like nails. Uh, dude, I, I love how they set her character up. What too. if yeah, she did. Um, Reese Witherspoon. You say Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah, yeah. If she did it, she would would have been the goth girl <laughs> that marries uh, fucking Tim Burton. Tim Burton, and she would have been known as the goth girl. <laughs> and that would have been hilarious. If How insane! Oh, you're saying like this movie would have set her on the path for Hot of, Topic? Yeah, yeah. She she'd be the new Hot Topic. Sensation. I always wonder about that because mm-hmm. like when you need to hear about these like casting what ifs and. I mean, Helena Bonham Carter, like, essentially is Marla Singer in real life. Mm. And I don't yeah. know how much of that is because she was Marla Singer or because she was cast as Marla Singer. Because she's just a great that. actress, yeah. like, just in general, yeah. you know? Yeah. She's she's usually the best part and of she's, any yeah. Burton movie, in my, in my opinion. True. I mean, that's that's yeah. my anti-Burton uh, mm. opinion. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's great. And I, I wanted to talk about how they set her up because it's, like, super efficient, like, visual storytelling without having to say it. Uh, but I just love her intro where there's, there's, they're pretty much, uh, Edward Norton and her are figuring out which schedule they're going to take. Uh, because like she started appearing at all of his fucking support groups. He needs them to sleep. Uh, he's like, I can't sleep when she's, you know, at all of these, uh, these meetings with me. So they're starting to like figure out which dates each are going to go to different ones. And, uh, it's fucking great because he's following her and she's like walking through traffic. And like, we see that and we're like, what Mm. the fuck is up with her? She walks into a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a laundromat Mm. and just starts grabbing clothes, goes next door and starts selling them. Yeah. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. Those aren't yours. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. It's just like, like Mm. just all visually, uh, and mm-hmm. like we kind of like like learn what type of character she is by like you mean suicidal yeah yeah and <laughs> just completely like uh, nuts pretty much mm-hmm. and uh, just so, by experiencing yeah. and Edward Norton's reactions to her that's so. a great example too of like showing versus telling and that's yeah, something yeah. that like I've learned as as somebody who says they're a writer uh, you know that's something <laughs> that I, I constantly try to do with, with my writing and and I guess. I, I never even noticed until you brought that up. Like that's such a, like that's literally like ten twenty seconds, and you know like yeah how exactly she is just how for those ten to twenty is, yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a gr- a great director does goes that route over like oh I'm su- I'm such a like just like somebody explaining to mm. somebody else like who they are and like how quirky they are. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah I think I think it's it's a mark of a great director well, that you learn who people are just that's watching the thing. It's knowing how to do exposition correctly, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I have a theory. Yeah. And I don't think it. Ho- I don't. I think it's got a lot of leaks in it, though. <laughs> let's let's plug those leaks. Let's but uh, it is about yeah. Marla because, like, I thought because when I first watched, it, I was like, maybe Marla is also like not real. What do you guys think about that? Like, as a, another like manifestation of his like um like another side to edward norton's character as yeah part of his uh subconscious that's because i've never thought about that before yeah but she starts showing up Mm. to the man that's actually pretty interesting i'm like thinking through the scene the reason why i say that why i thought that was when like she was just walk i I know she's suicidal but like she was walking through the street and she didn't care and she was not getting hit by anything so i was like this is weird yeah yeah and how like she somehow calls Edward Norton like at that house, that uh, dilapidated house. I'm like, how does she know like his number at well, that house? Well, they exchanged, house? right? They exchanged yeah, but numbers. He didn't. Yeah, he couldn't transfer really to that house, though. You know, oh, it would be at his pre- apartment. Yeah, you're right. It was right? pre-explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how he never did he ever call her from the old house? I don't know. Huh. Yeah, they never show it. Right. That's a good yeah. point, though, because it, it makes you wonder if maybe, like, he created her to, like, defeat Tyler, you know, yeah, in a way. Sort of. It's another part <laughs> of his mind that, like, yeah, she she's like the firewall in yeah. his brain that was, mm-hmm. like, but even though she's, like, so self-destructive. I don't know. I, th- I think the only, um, I think there are, like, holes in that. It's, like, with the, the ending, ending. is the And a lot of yeah, the guys, yeah. like, using her as, like, they bring her to him and the, um in the uh, tower. I think that's super interesting though. And like, at least for, there are a lot of uh, times where like, Mm. I can definitely, yeah, it was the ending to where I was like, ah, this doesn't hold too much (laughs) water. It's too, it's too, uh, um, Mm. what do you call it? Um, it's too explicit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I like that though. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, God, I, I, because she, she like finished his sentence at one of the points. I was like, well, that seems kind of weird, too. Like, how would you, you know, it, it's it's the same thing with Tyler Durden, is that Tyler finishes, um, you know, they finish each other's sentences, too. And that's kind of like a link between, like, yeah, that it's like the same person. There's so many fucking yeah. clues, man. Like, watching this um, after you know what's going on, like, there's so many brilliant little clues, yeah. like, in the movie. Like, I, I think the the best one is that one I mentioned with, uh, he, like, he's actually Tyler, but we're still watching Edward Norton. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, it's like the, the first uh, fight scene with yeah. Brad Pitt and him in the parking lot, and all the mm-hmm. guys are walking out, and they're yeah. all like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like, and then, like, not knowing yeah. the twist, it's like, oh, there's just seeing a fight. Mm. But, you know, after you know, it's like, oh, they're watching a guy beat the mm. shit out of himself. Like, yeah. it's uh, it's great, man. This movie, mm. God, just handles and all that those, twist. all those subliminal um, flashes at the That's beginning. That's right, yeah. The, yeah. Um, there's three of them, I think, before Tyler Gurdon oh, shows up. There's more than that, actually. Are there really? I think there's um, one, because I tried writing them down. I think I saw one while he, the first one was at the doctor. After he says, takes like if you want to see some real pain, like yeah, and then his arm yeah. is around the doctor for like mm. that split second, and then ne- yeah, then next to the group lead at the testicular cancer, he like hugs him, mm-hmm. and then he does it again while they're, he's hugging Bob, I think. Then Marla walking away, mm-hmm. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. and that that's ju- we're just supposed to read that as like Tyler's creeping in, like mm-hmm. like he's being created right now, more right. or less. Um, and then he finally yeah. gets like the explicit like look to where he just passes him on a 
escalator at the airport. I think that was his first um, appearance mm-hmm. as like a fully like sentient like being or something. You know? Yeah, pretty but, much. Uh, yeah, you know, more I think about it, man. This is this is my favorite pit. I can't think of like a, a better pit performance. What what about you guys? Top top pits. What are top, what are your pits. top pits? Okay, <laughs> interview with a vampire. Um, really? No, I haven't seen that movie. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I just because I don't something. think he's. I think Tom Cruise is amazing in that. I don't think Pitt's very great because mm. you know Pitt. You know what I'm piecing together now? Pitt's accent work. Uh, I never buy because I, mm. I think maybe it's just maybe it is just because like he's Brad Pitt movie star to me and that's why I can't buy it. That might be it. Yeah, because I have that thing with Leo too. But I th- I think Leo is a better actor than Brad Pitt personally. Um, well, that's just like an objective like fact. <laughs> you, you think so? I get yeah, I guess so. Leo, yeah, Leo yeah. is. I mean, Pitt's been nominated for like four Oscars. Uh, yeah, so then again, knock, I don't think it's a knock yeah. on Pitt. More, it's not a knock on Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. more of a like because Leo is so good. Yeah, that's true. Thing, that's very know? true. Yeah, I, I liked I liked him in Snatch. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah he's work. he's fucking no. You're right. <laughs> he actually okay. acts in that. Yeah, that's that. He that gives a shit leaking, in that one. Yeah. Now. Um, God, that's right. He was. I, I feel like he's done so many, you know, with stuff with Soderbergh that he does a lot of the one for me, one for one for everybody else kind mm-hmm. of things, and you can always tell when it's one for oh, him because he definitely yeah. goes. He cares a lot more. That's true. You know what? He's fucking great in the Ocean's movies. He's so entertaining in like Ocean's Eleven, yeah. where he's eating in every scene because he made that decision. Well, he's yeah. like, I'm going to be eating in every. I had shot read. Of I don't know how true this oh, is, yeah. but yeah. I had read that because he smokes. He's actually smoking in real life in this movie. Oh, okay. and that movie was after. He's like a this. Chi- he smokes like a chimney. Apparently, he's like oh really? He's like a huge like smoker. And yeah. I heard that he's eating because he has an oral fixation throughout those movies, and that it became a thing that he did so constantly that they it became like his thing. It became him. Like Tom Hanks is peeing. That's Brad Pitt's eating stuff uh, all the time. Wait, hold, hold, that's so hold fucking on a hilarious. Second. Tom Hanks is peeing. Yeah, dude. Tom Hanks is that- pees in so many movies. Tom Cruise runs what? in every movie. Oh, they yeah, have like that's a his. Thing. They that's own his like a certain sure. bodily Hanks, function. Uh, he, he, I mean, to go on a little tangent. In no, League no, of, no, dude, please. please. We <laughs> welcome all tangents. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Tom Hanks pissing. A League of Your Own. He, there's a part yeah. where he's pissing. Uh, Green Mile. There's a very important. Oh my part god! Where he's yeah, that's crucial. It's a plot element. Uh, Castaway. Yeah. There's an important part. Yeah, where he's pissing. yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of pee stuff. Holy I think big, shit, big. Man. I think there's a part where he pees. Oh. As an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he when he realizes and he's, he's like, what, yeah. why is my dick so big? Oh, <laughs> wow, man. Is that like in his contract? He's like, one, I have to pee in this movie. <laughs> Two, it has right. to be a crucial So we have to watch Bridge of Spies <laughs> and see if he pees in there. Yeah. We Polar have to Express. watch <laughs> Polar Express. <laughs> yeah, the po- he's, yeah, he's writing his name in the snow. And yeah. Oh man, yeah, that had we to, to that watch had to... the post and see if he pees at all in the post. Yeah, right. You know that actually. Um, I I really am starting to understand that scene in Toy Story two a lot more now. When uh, like Woody just like walks out of a scene and just starts pissing, and it's like, <laughs> why is this in the movie? And it's like, oh, it's because Tom Hanks. That's why. It's in, um, yeah, it's in the contract. Yeah, yeah it's, in, it's in the yeah, Hanks contract. Hanks contract. Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to plug uh, hashtag Hanks hug. If you guys know somebody uh, that can get us a hug with Tom Hanks, okay, so. If we can get a hug, does that mean we have to be pissed on by Tom Hanks? Now, see, I'm not opposed to it. If if yeah. the hug is in the contract, yeah. as is the pissing, then that is a concession I I'm willing that's to make. Fair, yeah, I think so. I think it would be an honor 
to be pissed on by Tom. <laughs> I think it would. I think it would. I think uh, it's probably that Hank's piss mm-hmm. is probably, boy, we're deep Dude, in it it's now. Probably that Hank's fucking... piss is probably really good for your skin, right? Dude, it, I imagine. It, it, you could probably drink it and it would taste like Le Creux. <laughs> Yeah, at least it's, it's maybe sparkling even like, piss. Uh, what's it? What's that '90s drink? Spurge, surge, surge, spurge. What do they think of Spurge? Spurge. Tom Hanks presents Spurge. That, uh, so now it's a I verb it. to spurge. Yeah. I. <laughs> Tom well, Hanks you, will spurge on me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> only his piss could be called spurge. <laughs> because, like, to me, spurge is more of, like, fucking... Like a, it's like when you... To me, this is what spurge really is. It's okay. when you... I think I know what you're going to say. When you when you just jizzed yeah. or had sex and you, like, piss all, yep. piss up the That's year, exactly the what I was thinking. <laughs> That's no shit. In my head, I was like, yeah. it's the piss right after you, you know... Finish. So, Urban Dictionary... <laughs> Coined by uh, Director Showdown, oh, Adam yeah. and... Yet again, Brenner. dude, we're making words. Like how, This is like the yeah. fourth or fifth word, and I can't remember the Hashtag Spurge. Spurge. Hashtag Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, hashtag uh, Hanks Hug. Um, yeah. Spurge. It's a good little tangent. Um, pain off. Uh, Speaking of, of pissing, yeah. what do you guys think of Ikea? Ikea's great, right? I have all this Ikea uh, furniture here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, funny. that's what's so funny. Like, yeah. About, yeah, like how pre-9-11 it is now, man. Because it's like, yeah, Ikea's fine. Buying shit is fine. I love Ikea. The world sucks. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to buy stuff because, like, there are worse things in the world than, like, consumerism. Like, you know? that's that, that where I hold the Fight Club movie is on an Ikea. How how poetic is that? <laughs> that's so poetic. Right? Yeah, all your shit is Ikea, right? Like, yeah. you're living, this is Edward Norton's apartment, mm-hmm. pretty much. And I meditate, too. So, it's like, Christ, it's like. Man. I, I'm I've I've I'm literally um, emasculated. You know, I want to talk about meditation actually a okay. little bit because of how like you know you know how I am, Brent. Like now yeah. I've gotten really impassionate about like meditation. Yeah. Maybe the hardest mm. pivot that's ever been done on this podcast, but I'm fucking, <laughs> yeah. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, 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 because like I think it's actually very interesting because mm. like there is a lot of like um, commentary on like the the idea of meditation. Because, like, I think that um, I agree in this movie that the way that he does meditation, like the guided meditation, is, like, very negative. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that he has, like, a spirit animal and it's, like, you go to a cave and you hide yeah. from things. Yeah. I think that's a very toxic form of meditation that's not... Because, um, like, what I practice is mindfulness, which is the embracement of, like, the present moment. So when they're doing the whole... Um, one of the one of the scenes that really popped out to me was the was the um, the the uh, Lyle and Lyle hand burning scene, right? Where he yeah, like yeah. pours it on there, and well, he kisses his hand and then pours it on there. God, that scene that scene's so yeah. well done. Yeah, and Ed, so hard to watch. Edward Norton says, "I can I can go back to my like my my happy place." Like he's trying to meditate. Yeah, and he says, "Don't you know? Don't." Uh, you know, uh, Brad Pitt's like, don't try to escape this. Like, embrace like, live, it. Yeah, live yeah. in the pain. Like, mm-hmm. look at it. Which is what mindfulness that I practice is like. You focus on the pain. Like, you you have to embrace like the pain. So, like, it was a form of meditation that it was kind of like a weird, interesting, like meta yin, yin and yang thing where it's like you. There's a negative like meditation. There's a positive one that was being exuded by like. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, Brad Pitt's character. And what's funny is that he got the yin and yang table at his <laughs> yeah. apartment, yeah. you know, from Ikea, you know? So it was like a, it was an interesting, like, um, yeah. Like allusion uh, to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, uh, yeah, I mean the, um, the meditation that they're selling at the beginning is that very much like, Pat, I, like Ikea form of yeah. like the consumerized mm. like meditation. It's a way of like being okay with the consumerism that you embody as opposed to, um, really, um, understanding like your situation, you know, it's like a drug almost that mm-hmm. type of meditation. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, that's pretty interesting, man. It, yeah. I mean, going on, if I was just seeing now, um, one thing I didn't notice is that, Whenever Marla's there, you never see Tyler and and the narrator or, or Jack there at the same time. And like, there's a point where she literally like walks out of the room and Tyler walks in, right? Yeah. And it makes me kind of wonder if maybe he is kind of conscious that he is Tyler Durden, and that his line in that on that part is really interesting too. That that's something I always tried to keep in mind. Uh, this rewatch is like what his explanations are for what is happening. Um, like his narrations basically. And in that scene, he's like, um, uh, basically compares it to like his parents, how they would never be in the same room together. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, that's something for the audience, another kind of misdirect to make you think that like, Oh, he's not Tyler Durden, but it's like, (laughs) they don't want to be in the same room together after they had sex. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's all they wanted to do with each other. Um, yeah, but uh it's kind of funny because I mean, I mean one of the key things here is that Tyler his his dad so the narrator's dad left when he was 6 and Tyler is essentially oh, yeah. fulfilling the father role not just for him but for all these guys and um you know it you know I'm that's such a great point you bring up because uh that's exactly what's uh that's one of the big one, one of the bigger themes of this film. Yeah. Is the I is the lack of fatherhood fig, uh, figures in our society? Yeah, you know what I mean. That we had to literally make up one in your imagination. Yeah. On that uh, that Joe Rogan interview, he was talking about how like most people, even if they're lucky enough to have like a father right. at first, That's they, I heard it, yeah. they latch on to like a coach or like a teacher or you know a karate instructor, and mm-hmm. yeah. and and they get to choose that father figure as opposed to just being assigned one at birth. Yeah. That was such a cool, like, uh, idea. The secondary father one by choice. It's, uh, yeah. And then I, I was, uh, also really aware of how the, the, all the mayhem guys, all the fight club guys, like were talking to each other, uh, when they're like in the background and like Edward Norton and, uh, Tyler Durden or whatever are like talking about something else. And they're always like hyping them up. They're always like, did you hear, uh, he did this and this mm. and yeah. like they're yeah. they're like mythologizing this guy and uh, yeah no I think that definitely ties into like the father figure thing because they're just like putting so much faith and hope in this one figure who's like giving them control over their lives you mm. know at the same time too I mean he's he's there and he's he's like a coach like a little league coach like hey you did good in there or like you know like he's giving them words yeah, of like encouragement rub, rubs their head yeah yeah acceptance they have like a good cop bad cop thing going on and yeah. it's like. Like how that must have looked to uh, all the mayhem guys who were just like, I don't know, just like him, him being both people and how like uh, crazy that must have driven them. Mm. It's, uh, well, yeah. it gives that certain that, that mystique as well, though. You know, what I mean, mm. like that 
you never know like who he is at any given time and that like already yeah. elevates him to a to another level yeah, of existence, sure. you know. Do you know if uh if that's how you make soap? Is <laughs> like the the movie like the way that they describe it in the movie is that like accurate? Oh, I don't and know. And making and making bombs. Cuz like I it seems uh, it yeah. seems like it would be. I, I know of somebody who um once had like a basic it was called like a James Bond cookbook. Oh was, Christ, yeah. Yeah. And um I'm not going to say that name person's name. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if they still have it. I think they like got it at a garage sale and then like they just thought it was cool and they're, yeah, they're not yeah. using it. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, you'd, you'd be on a get list. Get that these days flagged yeah. by like yeah. eight agencies, mm. right? Um, but uh <laughs> they they talked about like, you know, I don't know how accurate, but they say that there there is some accuracy to that. Of oh, using okay. those kinds of things. Yeah. At any rate, it's like super poetic the way that it's that it's used. You yeah. Know. What did, what does he say? Uh, we're stealing. Uh, we're we're. What the fuck is he saying? Selling a rich ladies fat and selling it back. Selling to their them. own fat ass back. Yeah, to yeah. Them. <laughs> fat ass back. To them. And yeah. it, you know, when yeah. the last time last time I was here, when we talked about they live, we talked about Shepherd Fairy kind of exploiting <laughs> Obey. It's funny. And it does kind of relate to they live. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Durden does that, you know, mm-hmm. and not just in that example, but like with the whole mantra of like capitalism and, and you know how we're slaves to capitalism and then they become slaves to Tyler Durden. That's, you know, that's how fascism, fascism is created. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of the fascism's created by like, um, grouping together against the, the system and then they become the system and then it just keeps going back and forth be, between them. You know, it's funny that you brought up they live because this is like the mature version of like <laughs> they live. Like the real, yeah. the more like nuanced version. Definitely, yeah. You know what I, I mean? See that? Yeah. There's there's so many aspects of this movie that like I've heard compared to so many movies, and I think that's a testament to one how good the movie is, and and two, just like as a director, David Fincher kind of brings these things that he probably doesn't even do on purpose, but like there's definitely like a Ferris Bueller aspect to it, and oh, yeah. you know, and people were talking. I was reading, uh, listening to, I want to say it was Three Watchables. They were talking about old school. It came out in two thousand one. Oh god! And that they're movie. like, that's essentially Fight Club. Oh, only shit. they're not fighting; right. they're starting a frat, you know. And like, that's so funny. The office scenes in there feel like they're influenced by fight, the office scenes in Fight Club. Yeah. And there's so many like the influence uh, this movie has goes way beyond just like action movies. It, you know, mm. just the way yeah. people interpret like you know being a middle aged man. You know, mm. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I, yeah, dude, I, I was actually thinking of this is a far superior movie. I don't really care for this one, but uh, American Beauty. I was actually getting a lot of like American Beauty vibes with this, too, because it's like mm. basically how Edward Norton starts in this movie is very similar to the state of mind of uh, boy, we're bringing him back up again. Mr. Me Too himself, <laughs> uh, Mr. Spacey in that movie. Um and it's like that, that one too, man is like, so there's such like pre nine 11 movies mm. where it's like that, that I don't know. It's just so far fetched to have that mindset after something like that happen. And speaking to the cycle, like we're just now getting back into, mm. you know, where we can watch these movies and like take away like, yeah, like I do kind of feel that way about like Ikea and my fucking, you know, like possessions and, and we're getting back to like masculinity, the yeah. embracement of it, like mm-hmm. John wick, you know, and, and, yeah, and not really giving too much of a shit about like 
its consequences. We're like, yeah, fuck yeah, it's good to be a guy. Well, I think it's know? it's interesting with, with John Wick, and I, I'm going to talk about uh, as probably one of the one percent of people who hasn't seen it, and don't judge me for that. <laughs> but I know the gist of it. Ju- judging, and you know, <laughs> that, the, that the fact that he the, mm. the the dog died. You know that that leads to all this this mayhem. Oh yeah. And that, like, in a way, yeah. like, it's, it's, yeah, there's a masculinity aspect to it, but it's also kind of a sensitive thing that yeah, provokes this masculinity. Well, no, yeah, no, I, I, no, they John actually com- interesting. They comment on, like, on that stuff. Like, even if it's not, you know, fully formed, it does comment on, like, the aspect of, like, his sensitivities and how he can't, like, get over it, you know, and said he yeah. just has to kill everybody. It's, like, less just <laughs> you know masculinity. I mean? It's, like, removing the toxic elements of it. Uh, and it's like, those elements are explored in movies like fight club. Yeah. And things removing like that. The toxic elements. But, but it's like, it's uh it's like John wick is a really interesting example because he's like, uh, he does have that sensitive side. And then mm. when he activates, he becomes this like very kind of badass masculine dude. So you're um, saying it's like post masculine, uh, <laughs> action yeah. film. Yeah. We, we have to say post something. At yeah. Least, uh, one <laughs> oh, in, yeah. in every episode of director. Yeah, it's dude. in the contract. Uh, we're yeah. canceled if we don't do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, I think you're right. I think we are mm. kind of getting back to that. And even like the Marvel movies have very masculine, mm. uh, heroes. Well, even like, time, I yeah. mean, like I'm a, Okay, I should preface this with that I am not an alt right. Um, <laughs> I'm not an alt right member. I did not vote for Donald Trump. This is all on the record. You can well, even see, check gonna, my vote. I'm going to chop this up in yeah. the editing. So, <laughs> no, um, I really, you know, I really enjoyed the show um, Million Dollar Extreme, like uh, World Peace, mm. and that's like you, you could see like that whole like masculine commentary and the whole idea of like you know the emasculation of of men and that and that comedy show so um yeah yeah and and i I just bring that up just because of like what kind of state of like culture we are for men Mm -hmm. you know and i mean i don't i mean i i i i guess this is a little bit of a tangent but go for it you know i was i was playing with your your wife and her uh friends on red dead right yeah yeah and one of them is like a conservative or something. And she's, oh, you know, yeah, she's, I believe Amy and I have had yeah. so many t- discussions about this. And yeah. they were talking about like, you know, the Gillette thing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I haven't even seen the Gillette ad, so I don't even know like yeah, what it yeah. is. Apparently it's a huge hot topic now. But, Ugh, yeah. but like I, I just brought up like the whole thing about how um, the, the left has a fundamental misunderstanding of men they they think everything that a man does is toxic while the right has a fundamental mis- and misunderstanding of men as well where they think everything a man does is great <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. just like i wish that i mean as a person i just wish that like um we would take men just as complex as any like other I mean, any other sure, yeah. 32 genders that exist, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, man, I, yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. I and mean, that's we live why in a fight, time of absolutes yeah. right and, now. You know? Exactly. And that's why I think yeah. Fight Club is such a great movie for that exploration of masculinity, mm-hmm. of its complexities and its, like, ultimate simplicities when it extrapolated to a, a, a dangerous level, you yeah. know what I mean? Because... I mean, to me, like, I I participated in, like, fighting after this movie. I wanted to, like, you know, feel like mm-hmm. like they did. And I was in a few consensual fights. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, it was so much fun. 
like you feel the like rush, right? you, you get. get a rush and you forget about all your other problems, everything like it's literally like he describes it so well in Fight Club in the book and the movie. Yeah. Like everything just kind of like like fades into the background and you're like you feel like you're like in this situation that's it yeah it's like ultimate focus it's like Mm -hmm. zen right like i've never been in the fight but i can i can can imagine like the my the movie Mm -hmm. for me wasn't fight club is rocky balboa after rocky balboa i walked out (laughs) and i was like oh i'm gonna be a boxer like that that's my thing and i never like the next day i was like ah that's a little unrealistic yeah but uh, i think that we should be uh, more open to like these consensual things i mean not to the extreme that they portray and yeah like beating the shit like like yeah. beating people to a pulp and stuff like that. I mean, that. I'm sure, thinking, yeah. Like, yeah. after this movie, I was reminded that I should... Because I wanted to take jujitsu lessons. Like, I've never done it, but I've always heard it's, like, really useful and mm. and um, yeah. just really a really cool, like, martial arts. And I was like, maybe I'll look back into it, you know? Hell yeah, dude. But, black, black belt it up. Go mm. for it. Yeah. <laughs> when I lived in Austin, there is an apartment complex that is, like... It looks like a like a skate level in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. It's just a weird <laughs> hippie yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of talked about this on, on Dom's podcast a little bit, but they had a fight club in the, the volleyball pit. And mm. it was weird because, it one, it was it was started by a woman. Um, and it, it was like everybody that lived in the apartment, they'd bring their friends in, they'd fight. And it never got to like the extreme where someone got knocked out or like you know, it, I think yeah, they you was, go to a hospital or something. Yeah. yeah, and there was one time they got raided by cops. Well, the cops were called, and the cops showed up, and they saw like everyone was having a good time. Even the people mm. fighting were like smiling and laughing. Yeah, and it was so weird that they were they were like cool with it. They were like, well. You know, I mean, it's all consenting adults. Yeah. Like, what can you, like, do? Right? Yeah. It, can, the, the you cop, can't, like, break yeah. it up, can you? Or I don't well, know. Well, it's like if they're consenting, like, there's nothing the cops could do, right? Like, no, they're in know. a safe environment. With that logic, like, why yeah. is doing heroin illegal? It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, no, you're right? right. But it's yeah. like, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, assault. Yeah. But I guess, like, on a technical legal level, it is illegal to fight. Yeah, like I, it's yeah. gonna be assault, so, right? right? I mean, like, that I that makes know. sense for Austin cops, though. Like, I yeah. feel like Austin police are like very like oh, y'all got a little bit of weed. Oh, that's cool. Like, it yeah, depends. They don't give, yeah, uh, I, oh I, yeah. Long story short, I got I almost got arrested for carrying a twelve pack of beer during South by Southwest. Shit, one of oh, my shit. friends was drinking from it, and oh, a cop shit. stopped. Yelled at him. He kept on running because he had a warrant. And uh, oh, shit. I, I like walked behind him and I got dragged back to the cop's car and he got Holy all pissed. Fuck. Holy shit, man. And he was like, uh, I told you to stop. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And yeah. And he told me to pour every one of them out. And this Fucking is, hell, man. Fortunately, this was like pre like smartphones, but there were some yeah. guys walking with their like razor, the razor phones. Fucking video katanas, me. dude. <laughs> Remember fucking katanas, yeah, bro? Uh, fucking razor flip phones, man. I wanted one of those. So nah, bad. I had the katana, and that's way cooler sounding than a fucking razor. Dude. <laughs> it is, yeah. My brother had the uh, the N-Gage, which was like the first oh, one. Oh, shit. Boy. And yeah. I swear, mm. he had this like, he had, I think it was like Medal of Honor. Or Wait, some, well, you, you have to explain yeah. what the N-Gage is, because we might have some oh, Gen Z. Oh, we got some Z, millennial. <laughs> some, yeah, some, some Fortnite listeners. Oh yeah, we we probably have kids listening to this that were born <laughs> after this movie came out. Yep. Honestly, no, so, yeah, for sure. Engage yeah. is basically a Nintendo Switch if it were a phone. And dude, bad. that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, of like yeah. how to describe it. Honestly. Well, and and clunky and bad. Right? Yeah, like isn't it? Isn't yeah, it, like, less, was, less it was green cool and time, more buttons. Yeah. yeah, and he had Medal of Honor, and for some reason, one those batteries lasted days. 
And, and Medal of Honor is like Call of Duty, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like pre-Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think they know what Medal of Honor. Yeah, ba- back when first-person shooters were just starting out. Yeah, he left. Yeah, it. I remember there was one day he left it in the kitchen, and that yeah. that theme song was going on. And I, I my my room was by the kitchen, so it was like two in the morning, and I was like, I need to get this. I, I take the battery out, and then I swear to God, thirty minutes later, it went off again. And I think we threw it away after that. Cause you we threw just, the end gauge away? Yeah. This, was like years, it away? this was like years later. So it wasn't oh, like okay. he had a new phone by this point. So why even That's like so bother cool. having yeah. it? Because it's N-Gage, haunted as phone. It was marketed <laughs> as like, oh, this is going to replace all mobile gaming. Yeah. This yeah. is... This is Game it was Boy, like a, whatever. Ga- yeah, it was like a gaming uh, phone. They were, they were selling the games at like GameStop and mm-hmm. like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it was trying to be like the next like, like God, mobile man. gaming. The, yeah. <sighs> The world has changed so fucking much, man, in, like, 15, 20 (laughs) years. Just, like, I don't know. It's, like, Fight Club came out when, like, the internet was in its infancy. It's, like, going back to, like, what we talked about in Memento, about how, like, Memento in its current form can only exist in, like, this one to two year period because everything was changing so fast. Um, It's, like, Fight Club also. It's, like, totally removed from, like, social media, from, like, uh, smartphones and, like, Every, everything's in fucking pay phones in this movie and yeah imagine like yeah. like doing it now and just like having like it's it's like world star it would be like world star yeah. except well you know, it, nothing fight club nothing you know? is allowed to have a mythical status anymore mm, because yeah. we know about it immediately mm. and we can learn about everything right away and so like even the concept of like fight club well, it's them, the exact opposite now of mythical stat like yeah, the yeah, that's a good way the to put ones it, yeah. who are the YouTube influencers. You see, I'm doing quotes, air quotes, 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 quotes. Yeah, yeah, bunny like bunny Ninja ears. or like fucking you know um, Markiplier or whatever. Yeah, you see every aspect of their fucking life. Like you know, like what's going and like a lot of Twitch streamers. Yeah, like not even the popular ones. A lot of them just talk about like their problems and stuff, and like you get. The whole package, baby. Like when you when you watch things, like there's yeah. no mis- mysterious thing. Yeah, about there's no it. mystique. It's all no... about intimacy now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty fascinating, man. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like even comparing that to like old movie stars where they had the mythical status. It's like somebody like Brando mm. has still has this like like we're only just now finding out about like some of the crazy craziest <laughs> shit he did like. Like, what was it like having a threesome with like Richard Paul Pryor. Newman and Richard Pryor? Yeah. It was like Paul Newman was was no. I didn't it was Paul Newman. It was, yeah. it was Richard, Richard Pryor, Pryor for sure. Brando and like one other famous Paul Newman. Guy. Don't don't do that to Paul. I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, we <laughs> not like not well, like it would not, be that's bad. Not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, thing he would have cheated on his wife. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like these like mythical guys, and it's like that's fascinating compared to today, where it's like um. There's like a concept too that we learned about in marketing where it's, I mean, it's called social marketing where it's mm. exactly that. It's like you want to decrease the distance between you and quote unquote consumer mm. as much as possible where like you want to appear to be a human You know human who's being. mythical? Huh? Christopher Nolan, dude. Yeah, dude. He actually is because he keeps everything so... So tight. Yeah, and so kind of The fact of that the, you told me the whole... Oh, yeah, we should probably bring that up. Oh, bring that up, yeah. This is like in the middle of the podcast. Well, that's really. fine. Yeah, sure. It's fine. The, uh, so, Eric, um, last podcast, the last episode where we did Memento, Brent told me something that was very insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, that 
Christopher Nolan and J- Jonathan Nolan have an older brother named Matthew. I think it's Matthew. Yeah, yeah I, I was doing. I did research after the. Yeah, fact. you were you were doing some deep dives on it. Yeah. Well, because I want because I was fascinated by it. Yeah, and uh, apparently he's like he's been arrested by the FBI is in jail for like <laughs> or prison for. Um, he's he's like a con man slash contract killer. Yeah, and like a, like killed like. Attempted to kill like a businessman in Miami or something. <laughs> it was like, it was yeah. like uh, Cabo San Lucas or like yeah, Puerto Rico something, or something. Yeah, was it was it in Puerto Rico? It I, might have been Puerto I Rico. Know, yeah, it was. Miami it was off something. the coast of Miami, yeah. I think. Um, and like he's in. They don't talk about him at all. There's barely yeah. when I did my research. There's barely anything out there <laughs> on the internet. Well, there were dead and there's links dead links to fucking news yeah. sites, uh-huh. and and my theory. This is just a theory. Yeah. I'm not saying this is yeah, fact or anything. Not. Keep that in mind. Is that it's more well, of a the Nolan uh, estate paid these people off because they don't want that in the news because it's pretty fucking crazy. Mm. And uh, he's a, the thing, the reason why, and I, I completely am on Nolan's side with this, is yeah. like he, he doesn't want he doesn't want that to level of him. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't want people digging into that and being like, Oh, this is why he always makes movies about con men and like stuff <laughs> like that. Well, it's why like, would it like I yeah. mean, now that I know of it, I can only think of like following as he was like. I mean, have, you haven't seen Following yet, right, Brent? I haven't. No, and you haven't seen it. No, um, that's his first uh, film. Yeah, it's good. And it, now that you know this, yeah, like all I can think of like is his like of that guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm surprised that no one would write like a fucking paper about it or something. Like, yeah, that's it's, what, it's almost that's, like there's a that, risk there or something. Well, well, that's what I mean is that, like, I don't know. It's either that, like, the I guess I go with the most, the less ridiculous um, theory mm-hmm. that yeah, it's not real. Occam's Razor. You know, yeah, Occam's <laughs> Razor, yeah, to where it's like, there's not too much going on, so it's, like, probably, like, more of a, like, uh, just someone made it up, you know? And I, I, I'll say that I don't yeah. believe either way right now. Like, I'm not sure. He might That's That's have interesting, him, too. And he might not. And yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. Like, so the, the claims that were made in the previous podcast, I just want to say they are not substantial. They're sure. interesting, <laughs> yeah. but they're the not Theories and speculation are all whatever. Yeah, theories yeah. and speculation. Because the thing is, is if they were made up, that would equally justify why the articles were removed, right? Like, yeah. right. so it's like, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's if, hard. If yeah. the family was like, uh, no, like that's or, not, you know, he but did it's it like himself the, yeah. to create some Whole kind of myth though. Hot <laughs> diggity dog, Eric. Here we go. And here we fucking go. You guys run with it. Uh, yeah, it's hashtag, always, yeah. uh, Nolan's mystery box. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to have yeah. like, like it's all like aggregating to this last film where it's like this is the big reveal about his Ooh, like that'd brother. be fucking wild, man. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like a shot no, level twist. What was your theory? Was that like they're going like all these movies are just a culmination of like how to to where he's gonna eventually bust oh, him out yes, of jail. He's gonna film at the brother's prison <laughs> and he's gonna get his brother out. He's gonna break his brother out of prison. Yeah. Uh, on one of his like film <laughs> shoots, so every movie he's mm. just been building up this, um, what do you call it? This uh, this power repertoire. Yeah. yeah, this this basic basically that like he is the con man mm-hmm. by making all these movies and the, the long con. Exactly, he's That's just the name of the movie, con. the long con. Oh, hot 
hot damn, man. <laughs> and the last frame is his brother like mm. running out of jail, and that's the reveal, mm. and everybody's like, oh, fuck, he fucking got it. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, it's there are obviously holes in that uh, plan, but. Yeah, and um, there's going to be different timelines involved. Oh, and... absolutely, man, yeah. This part here always reminded me of like a video game cutscene. <laughs> Mm. So oh, oh, throw it out you there. know what was cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. about how they filmed it was that um, the cameraman so actually cool. did like shake the camera. Oh, really? And then they used computer software to track his nose to keep it like uh, stabilized on that part. So. Yeah, there, there's like a, there's that's one of the only like fourth wall breaks, right? Because like, dude, dude there's all sorts of fourth yeah. wall. Oh breaks, no, you're right. Man. That's yeah. dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. That and that, yeah. let's no, it's good that you brought it up though, yeah. because I'm wondering who is he really talking to when he does the fourth wall breaks? Is he talking to us? Or is yeah. he talking to himself? That's, that's like, part I of don't the, know. the thing I was talking about earlier. Like, it's very Ferris Bueller-ish, you mm. know? Like, um, I yeah, mean, oh, okay. I'm get, yeah, I, I see what you mean now. Yeah, but the Ferris Bueller connection. Because there's, there's a whole theory about Ferris Bueller that Ferris Bueller's not real and that Cameron made him up because he's in love with Sloane. And I actually love that theory because yeah. I, I don't I don't really like that movie and I don't like wait, Ferris wait. Bueller as a character. Wait, who's in love with Sloane? The other kid? Uh, Cameron, yeah, the nerd guy. Mm-hmm. Dude. That guy was so much cooler than fucking Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller sucks. He shares, a, but kid. he shares a lot of. There's yeah. a lot of common things with him and the narrator and Fight Club and and um, and also I, I will die on this hill that Ferris Bueller was a drug dealer, and that's the reason why all the Ooh. kids loved him. Interesting. Uh. While we're in this like John Hughes corner, man, uh, I, I I saw uh, Breakfast Club for the first time oh, really? the other day, and it's fucking great. I'm yeah. not. I'm, I don't really like John Hughes very much from what I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like before. Th- Breakfast Club, like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, was like my favorite. He only wrote it, but uh, I love that movie. Are you talking about Drill Bit Taylor? No, dog. <laughs> he wrote that. Bit. John Hughes <laughs> yeah. wrote that movie. Are Drill you? Bill oh, Taylor. He did. When I found that out, I yeah. freaked out. Right. That's not even a joke. Holy that one is like truth. Yeah. Coming full circle. I've got one that's better bit. than that. I think we might have talked about this last time, but M. Night Shyamalan wrote Stuart Little. Did That's we talk right. About that last yeah, time? yeah. No, I don't think so, but I love thinking about that. And he ghost wrote She's All That. Did you know that? Oh, really? No, yeah. I think, As under you told a, me that, yeah. <laughs> we're just like bringing up like shit that we've already that's talked so about. so funny. But yeah, that's so weird. Like, what, He who? ghost wrote that? Yeah, under a different Bruce name. Bruce Willis wrote it, and that's what, what? inspired What? Bruce Willis? What? There's too many twists. Yeah, there's too many twists That is a real-life Shyamalan twist, <laughs> is that Shyamalan wrote She's All That. Did like, I ever say on the podcast my theory on M. Night Shyamalan? Uh, how his, oh, please bring it up now. Oh, his fucking podcast. So my theory, yeah, is that so you're gonna have to hashtag glass and shit because you know popular. Oh hell yeah! But <laughs> we'll bring in those. This sh- is my theory, dude. Fans. He makes a good movie, mm-hmm. and his then he makes a bad one. He goes all he keeps alternating. So well, it's after the me- first three, right? Just st- okay, okay. <laughs> just stick with me gotcha, that he gotcha. has a pattern of ups, ups and downs, right? Yeah, for sure. He That's makes true. a bad movie and says, oh, you thought it was bad? Well, here's a good movie. Oh, you thought it was good? Here's a bad movie. And he twists, he does meta twist on his on himself as a filmmaker. Yeah. As opposed to what you say, Brent, that he just needs to be like um, put Fuck. down. <laughs> to make good, <laughs> to well, make yeah, good, I, I uh, think movies. his thing that, that I love that I love that theory. It's interesting. I think his thing is um, it's all ego with him. So oh, yeah, for he sure. he, uh, and I think that's why he self 
financing all his own movies now is because he, uh, he even said this. And I think it's a, the Rolling Stone interview I was reading with him where he said, like, it needs to feel dangerous. Like if if glass as the example he used, if glass doesn't do well, like I'm going to lose my house. My family is going to lose our house. And it's like he needs that like danger element to be able to like make movies now. Almost. There, mm. There's this whole thing about him. So like Sixth Sense was loosely based. He got the idea for, he's admitted he got the idea for Sixth Sense off an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Whoa. Oh, shit. Interesting. And, and I remember watching Sixth Sense and thinking like, oh, this is like that Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. <laughs> and me thinking, not even connecting that that's something he would watch. Yeah, But yeah. then my girlfriend was saying that there's a, a children's book that the village is pretty much like exactly like it. Like, you know, uh, oh, the, okay. the twist and everything. So there is, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you can call it plagiarism necessarily. But oh, I've heard name. about, yeah, I've yeah. heard about the, it was a lawsuit, I think. Yeah. 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 And I think with, with him, um, once he's, like he had this bucket of ideas from that he mm. took from previously, and once he started trying to do original stuff, that's where he kind of uh, took a, 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 sp- yeah. a kind of a, a downfall. But I will say that, um, from what I've read about his interpretation of the happening is that it was supposed to be bad on purpose because he was trying to make a 50s oh, B, so my, B movie. Yeah. My theory stands <laughs> yeah, it's confirmed still, still by works, Eric. I, I, read yeah. an, I read an interview with... I, haven't, I didn't watch the interview, so I don't know how true it was, but he did say that like it was supposed to be melodramatic. And granted, I'm sure Mark Wahlberg would have been the way he was in that movie regardless of what it was he, supposed he didn't to be film it he didn't film it good enough to where you could tell it, the tone the, yeah i think the execution was off from yeah. that yeah i think that was yeah. own criticism of yeah. it but he he definitely said that like there were a lot of p- things that people just didn't get in i, I think he kind of owned it a little bit i don't think he like blamed like oh you just don't get it yeah he, well, he seems like a pretty <laughs> self-aware guy yeah. now like that rolling stone interview is like pretty uh, like they're calling out pretty much like the guy interviewing him is like, well, uh, you know, we all know the happening was a big bomb and, uh, wasn't received well by anybody. And it's like, he's like very like self-effacing about that stuff now, which is nice. Uh, I still want to see glass really bad. I still haven't gotten a chance to see yeah, it. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Like, cause I, I, I have heard very, it. very interesting right. mixed things like on like a last Jedi level of like <laughs> discourse at this point. So um, we'll see. Maybe we'll talk about that. You no, know, speaking of other directors, how do you think Christopher Nolan would do? Oh, this is a good save, Fight man. Club. Um, oh boy, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is maybe the easiest one to do yet, though. Conceptually, how about we give it to Eric? Eric, you, <laughs> just put it all on. Put it all on Eric. You you know of Nolan, right? You've seen yeah. plenty of his films, right? Yeah, for sure. How do you think he would? He he gets the book. Like uh, Jonathan Nolan says, hey, I read this this novel. It's called no, I wrote this novel called Fight Club. <laughs> That's even better, right? Jonathan yeah. Nolan wrote the the Fight Club <laughs> book. Oh, there you go. And he says, so, so what is Jonathan Nolan's version, version of the book? book. And, <laughs> and then what is Christopher Nolan's version? Well, I can of tell that you that Marion Cotillard would be Marla Singer. Oh Ooh, hell yeah, dude! Absolutely, and I think that would be amazing too. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, so, like, one thing that's interesting about Fight Club in general is the mu- like the music is all done by the Dust Brothers, which were like, yeah, I, mean, I always used to confuse them with the Chemical Brothers, but they they make yeah, right? very similar yeah. music. Yeah, I mean, the soundtrack is two thousand the soundtrack, like the year you know, two or nineteen ninety nine. This is a, this is a, ta- a tangent, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the Dust Brothers, like um, David Fincher, was saying he wanted to put a line in the album. Um, you know, for this movie, the Fight Club album, yeah, he says he wanted to 
The soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. And he wanted to say, uh, in the one of the line notes, say, uh, the Dust Brothers don't have a line of, uh, of Ikea... Uh, a line was a stick of Ikea between them, you know? <laughs> oh, okay, and then yeah. the producers were like, I don't think, uh, we want to piss off like <laughs> Ikea. We don't want yeah. any corporate disparagement or something. Yeah. And they're like, he's and Fincher was like, you just, you just don't get like what I'm, uh, what I'm saying here about, cause you know, like the commentary on Ikea, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they call him back. And they said, you know, we, we contacted, you know, the Dust Brothers, and uh, they actually have some Ikea furniture, so this wouldn't be, like, you know, accurate, accurate anyway. Just be a lie, <laughs> and he's yeah. just like, you just don't understand, like, what a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the intent, yeah. Yeah, the intent, funny. yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, yeah. Back. Well, I, I think yeah. Nolan would, it would probably have more of, like, a classical score, and it would feel a little bit more white color. Um, yeah, less... Uh, Less gritty, um, yeah. yeah. Less uh, like very style, clean. man. I yeah. think because, like, yeah, he, he Nolan has like generally pretty clean movies. He, even Memento is pretty like I don't know. It's a little grime. It's a little grimy. It's a little bit, but it's it's yeah. no Fight Club or Seven though. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, I don't know. Well, it, like he does like clean noir sort. It, of yeah, that's yeah. a good like daylight noir. It, I think is yeah. on, on that same note. Yeah. I was reading also or watching something on YouTube um, about how. The, the, the rain in the apartment or the house that they live in was uh, supposed to be an homage to Blade Runner. The Deckard's right, apartment. Right, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I get that now mm-hmm. for sure. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't see Nolan. The water from the, the walls, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't see Nolan doing something like that. Um, but I, I would love to see Marion Marian Cotillard as, as Marla Singer. I think Leo as... Durden, That's Tyler Durden. Durden. Okay, yeah. Uh, boy, like Guy Pierce. No, it would. Guy Pierce would be fun. And then yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, well, Brad Pitt almost paid handsome. him in Memento. Mm-hmm. Joseph oh, Gordon-Levitt really? yeah. as Edward Norris. Yeah, character. that's perfect. Oh, that's it. That's JGL. Hell, <laughs> yeah. nailed it right there. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Bring he maybe he might be a little too old, I guess, at this point, maybe. Mm-hmm. But if you made it like fifteen years ago, yeah, at the same mm-hmm. time, maybe. Um, well, Gordon Levitt would be like a little kid then, I guess. Mm-hmm. But fuck it, this is outside. Oh, yeah, time. this is, yeah, this this is, is brick, timeless. Yeah, this was brick area. Like, wasn't he like kind of late twenty, late 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 teens, like early twenties? Um, I want to say brick was brick was two thousand four. No. Oh, okay, oh, wait. four. Yeah, this would be he would be so a probably kid like fifteen or something. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah third yeah. reference to Sun era. Yeah, no, dude, yeah, third <laughs> yeah. the Sun was probably on TV yeah. at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's still third rocking it up. Mm. Uh, um, I also want to mention that this part here. Taking Back Sundays, Cue It Out the E music video. Oh. Came on MTV2. Yeah. That's how I first learned about them. And the fact that they did a Fight Club homage music video made me think I need to go download this album. Yeah. For I sure. thought it was Dude, a I never pieced that thing. together. You know what's so funny is I've seen that music video a bunch. And uh, Eric was talking about the bathroom scene where they confront the guy and almost cut his balls off. Oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, sorry, and, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, it's all good. Yeah. But then. Um, yeah, I just didn't ever piece it together that, like, oh, it's obvious an homage to Fight Club. Like, mm. man, the number of fucking homages and, like, references to this oh, movie. Oh, wow. It's fucking insanity. <laughs> yeah. This, and this is definitely, like, a college dorm poster movie. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. I can definitely admit I had the God. Fight Club poster. Yeah. And it's funny how, and I, I don't know. If I, yeah, if I found it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't been in college for, for years, but I, I don't know if, if there was just an era of, like, from 98 to, like, 2004 like with like you know 
Fight Club or like Donnie Darko and like I don't know if it's like mm-hmm. the Hot Topic core of things, but like yeah. that was such a like perfect the Edgelord time. Edgelord like yeah. movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a part of what we talked about on our first Nolan episode. It's like this pairing of directors is so interesting because it's like who who like they're, they're the two most influential like directors for millennials. Yeah, that I think exists now and it's like maybe now we can maybe say mm. like maybe Edgar Wright's in there a little bit it's like but even still on the level of like influence they had over our generation I don't think anybody's bigger than both of them right can you we, Tarantino maybe but he's a it, little I wouldn't even say I would not say directors I would say yeah I would say nowadays it's just comic books that's it like we don't have like like director influences nowadays you know what I mean like it's uh, more well, of like comic yeah. books has like reached the the zeitgeist and everything is trying to like reflect. Yeah, but I mean these. That yeah, thing, you know. Okay, what I mean? well you're talking about like now. I guess I'm talking about, about like kids now. our age that are like almost thirty that like grew up with movies. Right. Like no. This yeah. I was, I was talking about like what what yeah. um what would be the equivalent to that's, them. That's interesting. You to know think what about I mean? Too, man. Yeah. Like the 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 influences that like Atticus and like, uh, like right. Gus's kid, yeah. you know, yeah. Jude are growing up with and stuff like that. Yeah. I wonder gonna like cool what's going to, gonna, I mean, I wonder right now what, well, it's like Ninja and shit, right? Yeah. The Paul brothers. And yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the Paul brothers. Well, yeah, that's why I wonder like middle schoolers and what their like edgelord shit is going to be like, or is yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just YouTubers, I guess. Like oh God, Filthy yeah, Frank, sure. you know, is, <laughs> I mean, I think Filthy Frank's hilarious, but yeah, he's definitely in that edgelord. Like, uh, yeah, well, and then there's like also, a, there were, there were much fewer options back then too. It's like now there's yeah, a new yeah. entire series and like new movies every Yeah, they still have the attention span to sit for like 90 minutes yeah. to watch. Like, yeah, that. man, it's like, <laughs> it goes back to like the mythical status thing. It's like nobody will reach that because there's too many mm. influencers and like, uh, people that might be able to reach that mythic status, but like there's just well, the too mythic, much other shit the, the, going the on. The mythic status is yourself being aware of something that no one else knows about. Like you mm-hmm. want to be the mythic person as in, I know about this particular Twitch streamer that no one knows about. And I know his intimate life and I, you know, yeah. you're, you're that mythic person for sure. No one is you know, aware this, of. I'm, I'm only thinking about this cause I'm rewatching it again, mm. but it's almost like, uh, I kind of feel that way about Carboys a little bit. Oh yeah. And Carboys is like a huge, it has like hundreds of thousands of views and mm. is unfortunately. Yeah. So Carboys, if you guys point, haven't but, heard about it, yeah, is like just this YouTube series by, um, um, I can't think of it. Uh, Gri- Griffin McElroy, McElroy and, and uh, Nick Robinson. Mm. And it's just and a hilarious sense, like but, show yeah. of them like playing a car simulator. That's it. Yeah. And then a narrative emerges and mm. it's like this really special thing that like mm. there's not a lot of it. Like, and you have to like be it. involved in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has like a very involving like meta narrative mm. story that's kind of amazing. Um, but it's like that, that just comes to mind because I was watching it again and it's incredible. Mm. But um that's but something that's you feel not like huge. it's personal because of like yeah. how not too many people like know about it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So that's what creates that sort of mythic nature to it. Yeah. You know, it's like a meta <laughs> using meta so, yeah. so much, but it's like this, there's another layer of uh, mythology to it. Yeah, dude, you know, layers donkey always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that's our version oh, of uh, uh, Christopher <laughs> Nolan's. Uh, no, do you have any ideas, Adam? I I don't know, man. This this is uh, this is a tough one. I was thinking just like because his temporality hate, shit. Yeah. You know, is, well, uh, it would it would somehow play into like I don't know how it would, but I think it would play into how Tyler is not real. You know, like that temporal thing. Like okay. he'll he'll like use the the avenue of different timelines to convey that he is yeah. not real. You I, know I also what I mean? would, okay, I think yeah. he would create some sense of like, you have to figure out if Tyler's real or the narrator's real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe there'd be, it'd be more ambiguous at the yeah. end. Maybe. Right. Uh, I'm actually thinking it's of maybe tough. the prestige is maybe the best oh, example yeah, for the for template sure. of this because it's yeah. like, that's kind of, well, I guess not really. To say the prestige is the version of, of yeah, Fight prestige Club is kind of the version of Fight Club. Yeah, it's like <laughs> his like uh, it was twins the whole time, and it's this like reveal of. Uh, um, but that movie has this like also added on like transcendent twist of like uh, this like magic thing is real, and there's all these fucking real clones of Hugh Jackman that are sitting in like. Oh, sorry to spoil that movie. If, uh, maybe I'll cut this out, but yeah. <laughs> I'll just a long beep there. Um, well, there's, it's been a it's been out a while. If you haven't seen the procedure, it's, it's your own fucking fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. is interesting about Nolan is that they, there's so many like hyper realistic elements of his movies that like when he introduces something like like magic or, or things like that, that is, it does feel like special. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's to the point where like no one even disputes that. Like I, I I've gotten so many arguments about the ending of inception hmm. and i have a friend who who's who's like a who went to he was an rtf major in, in college and he was like you know the funniest thing about these arguments is that no one ever argues like the fact that they're actually going into dreams like that's the most unrealistic thing about it like oh yeah like you forget that he made something that is completely like not real yeah he knows how to how to real. play yeah. into yeah. the um because you think about the same thing with like memento like you have to like like Nolan is so good at like setting up the game that you, that he's going to play in his movies. Like with Memento, like I hardly thought about like like if you really think about like that movie, like it's it's hard to think that someone would if you had the short term memory loss. Like how did you even come up with the discipline at first to even? you know, have that mechanic go on, right? Yeah, Where he like sure. knows what to do. Well, he, yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's his confidence, honestly. Yeah. Like he, he just knows the rules of his he, game. You could say yeah. he's a confidence man or um. some people call it a con man <laughs> of sorts because like he, he's so confident behind the camera and the story that he's telling that it's like, Oh yeah, I buy this. I buy that they go into dreams. For sure. I yeah. buy that they're going to go through a wormhole, yeah. you know? And it's like, I, I would maybe argue and we'll get into it with some of the later movies that like some of that table setting is one of his weaker, um, you know, things as a writer, director, auteur, but, um, yeah, but still but you, you buy blame into him. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I excuse inception because like you, it's like, well, you gotta know what the rules are. Or yeah. else like, you're just not mm-hmm. gonna, like, it's so complex already that you might as well just like lay it out so we can have some fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all set up for like the end mm-hmm. where like you don't have to hear any exposition and they can just be, we can just be yeah, jumping now we're through levels it. Yeah. and it's like, we all just understand everything. Yeah. I would yeah. argue that Me- Memento, I mean, this is, we're not talking about Fight Club, but um, <laughs> Memento had a better way of setting up the world. But then again, I haven't seen Inception for a while, so I don't know. Maybe he does a good job there, but 
and Memento is I think great. Memento is better. Is yeah. it you, probably yeah. right With because the setup, he yeah. slowly like integrates like the mechanics and he does the filmmaking in a way yeah. to where it it represents the rules really well without yeah. telling you what it is. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean Inception and even Interstellar, both movies I truly love. I think are great. Uh, the first hour of those movies mm. are like lectures like they're straight up lectures on like what you need to understand to get this movie you're gonna play a board game and here are the rules yeah exactly it's like let's explain what's going on for an hour hour and a half and to get to that like moment of like fuck this is so good yeah exactly what's happening and you know it's fascinating uh, it's hard to get away get away with because like you you need to the only way you can get away with it is if the game ends up being fun you know, because no one wants yeah, to read the rules sure. when you play like a board game at first, but then you you get over it because the potential of like the game being fun. You know, yeah. Who is it that said? Uh, I don't know what this is from. Maybe like a TV show or something. But like the ending is the most important thing because it retroactively will decide if you liked the entire movie. For sure. Or not. Yeah. Like that's from I don't know. Like Makes something sense, similar yeah. to that is from something, but. Um, I, I agree with that a lot. Like some movies have like, uh, like split honestly was that way for me to bring it back to Shyamalan. Like mm. move, split was like, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Like Shyamalan's kind of back in the saddle again. He's killing it. Mm. This is really good. And then the twist happened and it's like, Oh, it's a sequel to unbreakable. And I was like, Oh fuck. Okay. Now I love this movie <laughs> because it makes you reexamine the entire movie you just watched as a super villain. I like, love origin. the context changes. Like and you, it forces yeah. you to watch it again under a new context, and that's yeah, exactly yeah. how Fight Club is. Yeah, absolutely, exactly like yeah. Fight Club. Um, you're sure. all looking for it. one more thing about Inception, and this is a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, I read somewhere that his ring is his totem. Uh, yeah, I read about that too. Ooh. And ever yeah. since then, I've I've I'm gonna bought, keep that in mind, I man. You that I, much I, for saying that. I've yeah. bought that that perception and the red herring is the top yeah you know? exactly mm. because he never says it's his he says that this was mouse top mm. uh or totem because apparently like <laughs> oh, i read shit. that too yeah, yeah yeah that's interesting and like his ring is missing in some scenes yeah and, in all the uh, dream yeah. scenes it's missing mm. or so, what we believe are dream scenes i should say uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's where it gets even more <laughs> yeah fucking layers inception <laughs> layers damn well speaking, yeah. speaking of nolan i, I want to mention this now they just announced uh the release date of his new mm-hmm. movie and literally nothing else but that's um, it i'm excited they, it's going in imax so it's obviously going to be another yeah, make, fucking make your big theories deal. now there's going to be something with time yeah and it's going to have um oh yeah what's let, let's let's do that now let's let's uh what do you guys think it's going to be i I, I think he should work with Clooney. I would love to see Clooney work with uh, Nolan in a movie. Um, and I think it should be like a detective, like a hard-boiled detective. Yeah, uh, go back to movie. his noir shit. Yeah. You know? But I don't know if that's going to work well in IMAX. I don't know. Well, maybe. I remember we talked about this. I was like, I want movies that are like like Roma and stuff to be in like IMAX, like just shit. That's like beautiful. That's it doesn't well, need to then, be an epic like movie. Yeah, like know? hateful eight also too. Right. Is a good example yeah. of like, just like a movie that isn't, you know, in the classic sense, an IMAX movie, but you want right. to see it big, like on the screen, yeah. and see all the detail. Mm. Um, yeah. So can't wait. It's going to be fucking good. Yep. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk about it eventually on this podcast. <laughs> oh, hopefully. I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, uh, do we have any, Last minute comments before we do the uh, closing arguments. Any trivia you guys want that didn't really 
uh, come get out. Plug in or anything. The, yeah. the only um, non like Dust Brothers song in this movie is "Where's My Mind." Yeah, and mm-hmm. I heard Pixies before that, but that was that moment. Just that one. That's like one of my favorite scenes of any it's movie. It's iconic, man. Yeah. yeah, it's super iconic. And it, it's it's funny because I mean. He, He's not a good boyfriend, um, and oh, you know, it's, it, I, I was yeah. you know, earlier in, in the beginning of, of doing notes for this movie for for the podcast. I was ca- gonna like try to finesse, like you know, deep down inside, this is a romantic comedy. But no, like he does everything that like it is yeah. like pickup artists pull and stuff from oh, here. And yeah, dude. Men's right, ra- it took a love of men's rights activists already, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but that scene is just so beautiful, and like it's it's so like. Just not just the fact of what's going on in the scene, but the way it's shot, the colors, like it looks like a painting. And I think that yeah, is yeah. to me and it there couldn't be another better song for that moment. Mm. And of course it speaks to like where's my mind, you know, where he, he's literally something going through stuff in his yeah. in his own mental mm. element. Yeah. And that's the just that's the scene and that's the song that made me realize that like the Pixies are one of my favorite bands. <laughs> nice. I mm. don't remember hearing any other song. I mean, I heard of course heard like Here Comes Your Man, but like on the radio, that's when I went back into their discography and I always associated that their their whole like their discography with this movie, even though that's just the one song in it. And that that kind of it, it maybe it's a nostalgia thing. But I just think that like Fitcher is really good about using music in general. Mm. Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, that's, Social Network yeah. is one oh, of the best yeah, scores. Dude. God, yeah, fuck. And um, and yeah, I, I think that uh, that that that's just a perfect scene, and it's made even more perfect with the music choice. Yeah, man, I uh, that's really cool to think about because I um like that. That's what is so great about movies too is that um they can amplify the power of a song, and the song can amplify yeah. the power yeah. of what you're seeing. Um, synergistic like when it, when, when yeah. the movie was mm-hmm. made. So, I mean, it, it's, it's for cool. Sure. Well, it's like that for me is like, uh, maybe to a less powerful extent, but still there, like, uh, like the school of rock soundtrack, yeah. like, like gave me so many new bands to listen to. Like I wasn't really big into Led Zeppelin before I saw that. And like, they're one of my favorite bands ever at this point. So, um, and it's like the context that, uh, you're given in that movie of like how cool Led Zeppelin is when they're all like jamming out in the van and it's just yeah. like so much fun. Um, First time I ever heard yeah. an immigrant song was from an Osiris skate video. And oh, I, that sounds like a perfect like yeah. matchup. Yeah. <laughs> this dude did like this 20 stairs. They were able to amazing. use it, man. Like, the, I don't know because I know Zeppelin is, yeah. yeah, probably Zeppelin is like crazy. Uh, first about, time I listened to it was uh, uh, Ragnarok. Thor, Ragnarok. I'm sure a lot, see, but that's cool because like I'm sure a lot of kids are like super into Led Zeppelin now because of fucking Thor Ragnarok. Are you sure about that? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope they weren't like this song sucks. I want to listen to fucking. <laughs> they ripped off something. Uh, what do kids listen to? <laughs> listen to. Uh, why can't I think of a single fucking artist? Uh, God, man, shark, baby shark, uh, baby. Sh- yeah, this isn't fucking baby shark, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the kids? Li- I don't know what the kids listen to. Yeah, that song gets what stuck in my head fucking, fucking daily to, since man. I put that on YouTube for Atticus. Man, oh, that God. that song ruins my life every day. Um, but. Yeah. What so are final wait, wait, thoughts wait, on? Wait. So, yeah. what do you guys think of how he kills Tyler Durden? I always try to like. I always feel like that's. It's kind of weird whenever I see it. Like so, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, this time watching it, I think I figured out what happened. It's like okay. a. Sim, it's a symbolic death. Yeah. It's like he didn't need to kill himself. He needed to do the action of like 
this is what I'm doing. I'm making this choice to destroy this part of myself. Oh, okay. So that's that's how I write it this time. Uh, As a kid, I always thought it was a situation where he genuinely thought he was going to kill himself. That's, the, that's possible, and just, too. Like, and at the last second, yeah. he like turns yeah. before Tyler Durden can react. But watching it now makes me kind of wonder. It looks like he just like fired it intentionally away from his like brain. I don't know. I, th- I think what's what's interesting know. is yeah. how they show it yeah. because it looks like it's going straight. Mm. Like he puts it the gun in his mouth, and it looks like oh, it's just going to go at the top of his head, yeah. mm. and it shows Brad Pitt, and it's like the back of his head is just blown out. Yeah, like right. it did go out the back of his head, but then for Norton, it's out like his cheek, cheek pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So I, that's why that's why I thought like it was more of a his like subconscious being like this part of me is dying now, you know? It also makes me wonder, like, there's a little part of me watching it now. Maybe it's because of the climate, the political climate now. Mm -hmm. But it makes me wonder how much of Tyler Durden was, like, he was aware of and how much of it was him, like, finessing it himself. Like, he Mm -hmm. created Tyler Durden. He knew he created Mm -hmm. Tyler Durden. And he always had control of Tyler Durden, but he used Tyler Durden as an excuse to be this kind of shitty human being. Mm. And I, I don't know... I don't know. Well, I mean, so it's the battle of his like um of his like animalistic side versus like his more rational side because yeah. like Tyler Durden destroys his physical body while like Norton um destroys um destroys Tyler with his mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His rationality. Like even when Norton, even when Norton's like body was broken at the end, he was still like, like he had, like he still like tried reasoning with Tyler. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And then he reasoned his way to like having the gun in his hand. Because you know even mean? at that point, though, uh, we talked. I, I mentioned earlier how like Tyler's never in a scene with the narrator when Marla's there. Marla doesn't show up until Tyler's already dead. So right. it, it makes it kind of feel like. Oh yeah. If if this is something like he had to do, and he's still doing it, like it, I don't I don't know. Uh, I watched the movie first, and then I read the book, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about the ending in a little bit. But mm. the end, I I loved the book. I didn't like the ending as much as I loved it, and it, probably because of yeah. the scene in the end of the movie. Mm. Let's let's talk about that because I don't know the ending of the book. Like, what's uh, what are the big you know changes or? Then he just he shoots himself too, right? Yeah, but oh, he I ends remember. up in a mental institution, mm. and he's being treated by by like nurses uh, or like orderlies, and the orderlies are like, "We're waiting for the signal." So it's like he's still tech, Tyler Durden is still in control. Um, okay. In, 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 oh, um, like they're a part of Project Mayhem? They're part of, part of Project Mayhem, Oh, yeah. Christ. Yeah. And I, I, he, there are people who believe that the, the last chapter where he's in the mental institution is actually written from Tyler Durden's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's an interesting you know, ending, and I, I don't think it's a bad ending. I, ju- I just love the ending of the movie so much. That, For sure. Well, it ends yeah. – it does that thing that uh, – fuck, we talked about this with uh, – God, what was it? Like the fly and then like another movie. It does that thing where like it pretty much ends at the climax. Yeah. And I, I really fucking love because it's so ballsy of a movie to do that. It's like there's no denouement here. It's like Dead like things fucking too, yeah. ended. Bam, that's it. Yeah. Here's an iconic shot. Credits right after a big dick. It's like it's like that's such mm. a ballsy like way to end your movie. Um, 
So I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. It would have uh, maybe I might have felt strange to like cut to an asylum like after you know the end of this. Yeah, it would be more of like um, when you call it a what do you call it not conventional, ending, but like uh, or no. Um, what do you call the things that are after the ending? Epilogue or pre- epilogue, yeah, epilogue, yeah, yeah. epilogue. A little post-credit yeah. MCU yeah. stinger. Yeah, after like it would have been fine if it was after credits if that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in reading the book and watching the movie, another ending that I feel is kind of similar. Have y'all seen Layer Cake? Layer yeah, Cake. Yeah, we actually talked about that on Fam Films. So yeah. I, yeah, I read the book after I watched the movie, and spoiler alert for that. I mean, he dies in the movie. In mm. the book, he ends up in the hospital. Ah, that's right. And mm. uh, it, it, reading that, I read it like years after I read Fight Club. It just reminded me so much of that. And I wonder how much of that was was influenced by Fight Club. You don't yeah. even know my name. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Matthew Vaughn. Matthew yeah. Vaughn is yeah, definitely Matthew. like a product of like oh, the yeah. Fincher uh, regime. Guy Ritchie, yeah. Yeah, yeah Guy Ritchie. Fuck, man, yeah. No, he... Um, I don't know. He's like a Wachowski, Wachowski Guy Ritchie hybrid. I yeah yeah I guess he so. is because he did Stardust, didn't he? Yeah, dude, he totally is. He's yeah. a fucking because there's definitely Edgar Wright element shit. to like. I feel like Kick Ass reminds me of Edgar Wright or the first. Oh, one. for sure, yeah, dude. Yeah. I love Kick Ass one. That movie, yeah. that movie's so <laughs> great. well. Like Kingsman has like very like formalist action in it. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. So it's like very, I would see that stylized, as like heavily yeah, Matrix. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's yeah. the Wachowski yeah. meets Guy Ritchie is fucking yeah. perfect. That's yeah. that's Matthew that's him Vaughn. to a T for sure. Mm. Like little little bit of uh, like sincere, uh, but he's he's very cynical, Matthew Vaughn. I think with like most yeah, of his he's stuff. pretty cynical. Wachowskis are pure sincerity, like mm. all the way to but a fault. Star Stardust is like pretty. Sincere. That's true. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't even watch that movie again. It's been too long. Stardust is pretty fucking good. I was man. surprised on how good that movie is. Yeah, Stardust is fun. I thought it was going to be some Final Fantasy bullshit <laughs> where it's just like, oh, Senpai, uh, I'm, 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 I'm Space Pirate. Uh, and I fall in love with the with the guy with the spiked hair. You that, know. that guy's... Uh, but no, it's not like that. The main guy? No, it just I'm just talking about just anime tropes. Oh, just oh, like, oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. You know. Okay. But yeah. it's not... No, it's not. No, it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, if you want to see Robert De Niro as a gay pirate, you know, gay space pirate. Maybe, probably his last good role. (laughs) I think think it's been like 18 (laughs) years since like he tried. Right. I don't know when that movie came out, actually. I think it was was like a while ago. Six, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Fight Club. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's going to do it. Uh, Let's do some some final final What about you, Eric? What uh, wrapping up? Um. I, I mean, I, I've loved this movie from the, the moment I saw it. And, and like you guys mentioned, I mean, my perception of it has changed. I feel like it's still changing. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with, like, like I mentioned, a political climate and, mm-hmm. and, and also growing up and experiencing these things. You know, I think I'm probably around the same age, maybe a little older than the characters in here, which feels weird to say that out loud. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Probably same, I guess. Yeah, like, about the same, maybe. And um, it, it's it's weird to, like, I mean, you know, just to imagine the way the world was back then and, and the way it is now. Mm-hmm. And there's there's so much of this that I see in Facebook comments all the time. <laughs> you got your neckbeard armies using this as, like, a Bible. And I, I think that, like... <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's so conflicting, but I still love the movie, and it's so yeah. interesting to get these different. I think the first thing I said when I got here is like, there's so many different interpretations of it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like really just land on just one. Yeah, that's what makes it. That's what makes it great. I yeah, think. yeah, it's good having art, that man, uh, sure. that nuance to it. You know. Yeah. yeah. What about what about you, Adam? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree. I think the best movies are the ones that evolve with you. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like if it, if I gotta if I gotta see a movie, uh, if if I see a movie and I see it once, I'm like that's all I need. And then it's not it's, it's just not one for me really. But mm-hmm. Fight Club is is a really great movie that I definitely like had a juvenile interpretation of when I was younger. And I mean, like I don't um, the the thing that you brought up, Eric. Yeah, the different interpretations is definitely great. Um, because I think, like I said before, like, you know, masculinity in and of itself is like not as simple as, um, as, as people on either side of the, the uh, political spectrum make it out to be. And this movie is just a great exploration of it. I don't think it's really like preaching on like what exactly, um, the, the, the output should be. Cause it's, it's more of like an inherent vice sort of thing where it's like, you know, entropy and chaos reigns and things are just like cyclical. There's not like any true path to like where, um, where masculinity, masculinity ought to be. This is just like how the path goes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I just want to bring up a little, a few trivia things that we didn't, we didn't get to do, but I thought okay. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was just funny. I just thought it was hilarious. There, if you watch the priest fight scene, there's like a slight bounce to it. Yeah. It's because like the cameraman was like laughing like hysterically like during that. <laughs> I heard that, he, I the wide shot. That scene, yeah. I heard he did that after like the, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. Like they, yeah. There's like, like slight early. wobbles. Yeah. And stuff. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. one of the, yeah, the funniest mm. and darkest lines like, yeah, yeah. in the movie. It's well, so the, good. It was, it was the original line was, uh, um, I want you to, I want you to fuck. I, I want to have your abortion. I want to have your abortion. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Which is That's like, I don't know which one's good. worse. And the producer's like, can you put the abortion line back in? Cause she wanted the abortion line out. But then the school, the grade school one, she's like, I don't, I don't want that. Fincher was like, yeah. I'll replace it, but you have to let me keep That's it. That's no right. Yeah. It <laughs> he did that and she's like, no, put the abortion <laughs> line back in. Oh man. And did you guys notice in the, uh, blockbuster scene, there is alien three VHS, that they uh, degauss as they oh, <laughs> I was trying to find that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was the big was. poster? There was like a big poster for some new movie. I don't know. I know Armageddon. I saw Armageddon. Armageddon. I think I saw the yeah. Alien, yeah. Alien 3 because it was a little Alien like. 3. I was like, oh, that's funny. Is he destroying. Is he like literally destroying yeah. like his own work that he like shames? Yeah. He, he yeah. It, man. Yeah. So there's really. <laughs> It's like that meta shit, dude. God, that's that's fucking did, amazing. Did he man. hate Armageddon? So that's why he's like degossing it. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's um, funny. It came out at like a very similar time, or it came out the year before. So that's why it was a big blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is there any, you got any more? Or? Um, I oh, and I don't I don't think we mentioned the Blu-ray menu screen being um, when you oh, first yeah. uh, 
when you first pop it on, it's it has the never been kissed with Drew Barrymore on it for the menu screen. Does a fake out? Well, with little kisses, like yeah, it's perfect. Kisses. Like it's so there's so many layers I mean, to it. Like it's great. Oh yeah, because like the kiss that Tyler Durden yeah, does, right? Yeah, on the that's the little objects that you move on the screen. Oh yeah. fuck, that yeah, um, that's crazy. That felt like such a Deadpool joke. When we it is kind of Deadpool, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it does. See, De- Deadpool, uh, another movie that like. In some capacity, I think it's definitely influenced by Fight Club, yeah. like the the like the humor, the kind of like um, whatever. That's a whole another conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, yeah, just echoing a lot of well, like, that's white, that. I it? mean, I guess like that's what's hilarious is that consumerism has appropriated the uh yeah uh, man it's it's the cycle yeah it's the cycle yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's like this movie was kind of punk rock because like it didn't do very well Mm. in uh in box office wise and even the reviews were like not very or the were the reviews good i think i read that they weren't very great really uh and it might be because i was thinking when you were talking about how um this movie has a lot of like nuance to its Mm. exploration of like masculinity and stuff like that and that's like influence on um, groups of people. Well, you um, can take it to where it's like that's what's. I could see how people could get. That's they think it's simplicity. Yeah. Like they think it's 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 simple, as in like toxic masculinity. Well, that's that's what it you was. I mean? It was that the movie was very um, or, controversial. Yeah. Uh, people were like, it's depiction of uh, violence is like fetish, fetishistic. Is that a word? I think it is. Yeah. Um, when it's the exact opposite, Fincher was trying to display how brutal mm-hmm. it could be. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? And not like when he fucking beat Jared Leto's face to a pulp, like n- that wasn't played as if it was like, like cool. Everyone yeah. was staring at him and said, take him to a fucking hospital. Yeah. Well, and know? then we have the modern yeah. context of, uh, you know, Jared Leto's kind of a dick. And so oh, we watch yeah. that now and it's like, <laughs> all I could see is his like, Joker yeah. face just being like, pummeled. <laughs> to, to you know, that. it's insane that Jared Leto's like 44 or something yeah. and he still looks the same fucking age. It's pretty Hollywood. insane. Um, that's, that's Xenu for you. Xenu. Is he a Scientologist? Seriously? No, no, I don't think so. Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> might as well be. Um, but uh, yeah, Fight Club. It's it's fucking great. It's one of like the earlier movies that like had a profound impact on me and what a movie could be. Um, and it's like you guys said, it's like a movie that has evolved with me. Um, and going back to what you said, Adam, where it's like the best movies like change over time with like you know different context and like. The, you know, the older you get, you view them differently. Uh, you can say that about a lot of movies that are maybe not as entertaining to watch, mm-hmm. but like as a movie that is like incredibly stylized and entertaining and well acted and has incredible dialogue too. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, I think, an incredibly important movie to me and even to our current culture um, yeah. you know, in some unfortunate ways. But I think uh, on its own, it is still like an amazing uh, work of art. So hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's an aspect of the movie. So my girlfriend and my one of the things that we have in common is our favorite book is stereotypically uh, Catcher in the Rye. And I always feel <laughs> like, like a hack saying that because of like, you know, I feel like I'm a writer and I feel like that's the stereotypical thing to say. But mm-hmm. she says that her one of her teachers told her to read it every six years and you'll get a different perspective every time. Oh, and I feel cool. like Fight yeah. Club is like the movie version of that because, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Holden Caulfield is, is very similar to, to, to or Tyler Durden is definitely somebody that like Holden Caulfield would want to be like. <laughs> he's, he's not a phony, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think it's it's interesting that like, you know, just in having this conversation with mm. you guys is in, in realizing like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize how much my 
perspective has changed on this movie so many different times. For okay, sure. Okay, so yeah. um, what's today's date? And we got and we got uh, 127. It is 127. January 27th, 2019. Okay, so that disregard, I mean, no. It's good to know because okay. in 6 years <laughs> we're going to meet up for a Fight Club podcast reunion wherever we are. <laughs> All right, yeah, 20, put it in the 20, books, man. 2025, January 27th. Yeah, we'll I'll come be, I'll back. be 34. Jesus fuck. Fucking hell. I'll, I'll be, be 37. 30. Jeez, Louise, man. Man, I wonder how we will think of Fight Club. <laughs> God, Adam age. will be 48. Christ, man. <laughs> and I'll still look 25, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh a bit of a tangent. Why do you guys know why Brad Pitt's hair is short all of a sudden after like oh, it's I mean, basically after the reveal, right? Like after the twist is he revealed. He became the full monster after that. Right? Think, because yeah. like it's interesting that I think yeah. it's that's the change is uh after he reveals um that he's the same person, Brad Pitt's mm. hair is short. I don't know. I just figured that might have been like a scheduling thing with like another movie that was <laughs> happening like at the same right. time. Yeah, probably. Um, Nine Monkeys around that time, maybe? Wasn't he bald in that? Uh, or tw- or 12 Monkeys, 12 I think. Monkeys, that was yeah. uh, that was like 95, 96, oh, okay. I think. Because he was young, man. He was real young in that movie. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's going to do it, right, mm-hmm. for uh, Fight Club? That does it for Fight Club. Now we can yeah. put all our shirts back on. We Let's put our shoes right. I'm on. I'm fucking cold. I'm freezing. Um, yeah, we man. had our we had our mental sparring, which is just as good as as. Yeah, as it wasn't one on one necessarily. So we did break the rules, yes. and we did in fact talk mm. about Fight Club. Um, we literally but, uh, did. Talk about yeah, we Fight we broke Club. the fucking rule, kicking things off. Uh, but hey, one. you know we had our shirts off, and at least we had that. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, the Vaseline, the Vaseline helped a lot. It, yeah, yeah. Well, that always warms you up, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, Eric, do you have any any plugs for us? Oh, remember, so, there's a million people. Yeah, listening. Yeah, all million are listening. Um, all they're all fans of uh, 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 Drillbit Taylor and of Ninja. <laughs> And, and they probably don't even know who Tom Hanks is. Tom so they Hanks King, though, has got to be yeah, yeah, of, uh, yeah. The fandom. Um, <laughs> I, I so. Uh, so one of my I I like to take pictures, photos, and uh, one of my resolutions was to create a an Instagram for concert photos. Um, so check out um, at Eric Goes to Shows. Uh, I'm oh, actually yeah. shooting a show That's Tuesday. Cool. I yeah. got a photo pass for. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are Scott fans, mm-hmm. but real big fish. Whoa, okay, nice. Take, right at a Paper photo. Tiger? Uh, at uh, Aztec. Whoa, yeah, that nice. makes sense. They would, they would probably ass. be at Aztec. Yeah, so I'm going to be taking yeah. photos. Uh, you can check That's out cool. my photos there um, if you want me to take photos of your band. You know, the one time I went to Paper Tiger, you don't you don't go. <laughs> Yesterday? Yeah. That the, show looked great. Tori it Ma. was fucking great. Yeah, I love Tori Ma. He was, it was a great set. And I was like, Eric goes to Paper Tiger all the time. I'll see him there. And then he's like, ah, oh, no. Nah. It's sold yeah. out, man. Uh, I couldn't Damn. get a ticket. Um, but yeah, check me out there if you want me to take pictures of your band or um, or if you want to talk about photos, give me tips and stuff. Uh, check out, I do, at the same time, I do write-ups for Sticker Fridge. So uh, there'll definitely be a write-up for this Real Big Fish show coming up with that photos. Is, um, so yeah, check it out. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, as always, listen to Sticker Fridge shows. Delphin Pod shows. Um, oh gosh, we got anything else to plug? Anything else? What, what are, when is this going to be released? 
Oh boy, uh, maybe like a February month? something. Like okay, because February yeah. February twelfth, my girlfriend's starting a business, kind of like painting with a twist, um, but less oh, okay. less mom ish. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, do you take like shots of like vodka and just like <laughs> like pin- I'm gonna uh, make this expressionistic like painting like like <laughs> ske- sketching with heroin yeah. or um, close. Uh, so <laughs> at, at Latina Grill close, right? on, on February twelfth at Latina Grill, um, <laughs> she's teaching a class. Uh, like it's, it's, it's going to be watercolors and, um, oh, nice. it's $10. You get in, I think there should be some drink specials. Um, they're going to be painting, uh, the watercoloring, painting this, the skyline of San Antonio. Oh, okay. And, That's nice. uh, is it, it going to be a, like a week? Cause this might, come, this will probably come out after February. After, 12th, well, yeah. it, if it goes well, it may be a monthly thing. Oh, cool. Um, but if, if in the chance that it does come out before February 12th, uh, just check out art bar on Instagram, art, art bar essay on Instagram. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll, they'll be able to do some more stuff. That yeah, kind of inspires me to start a business where we just watch movies together and just yeah. get drunk. I mean, that, that, that'd be the, the, I mean, that is our business. That's, uh, this podcast. <laughs> Wait, who's if, paying uh, us? Yeah. Fucking. Who's yeah, holding our checks? <laughs> um, yeah, guys, as always check out sticker yeah. fridge for, uh, for any new shit and, mm. uh, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. Yeah, oh, and um, Letterboxd. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Letterboxd. Uh, Letterboxd. Um, yeah, follow us on there. I think yeah. I'm, uh, you can search my name or like Binary1138. Mm. You're just relativistic. Yeah. yeah. And you can, we're, we'll put those names on the description, right? We'll just, we'll just put them on there. Yeah. We'll put Eric's thing on uh, his girlfriend's um, thing Oh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll plug, I'll plug yeah, all the shit we'll, in the notes. We'll put um, it on there so it's easier to to search so yeah uh, and if you go to our lists um at least on on my letterbox uh, mm. you can find all of the movies um and little maybe reviews For in this there season, of, yeah, yeah of, of this season i'm adding all the previous seasons also oh, um, cool. so you can check all that shit out and mm. um and follow along with what we watch this year. It's we also aren't sponsored in. by Letterbox. No, no, we're not sponsored. Sadly, by yeah. if you want, I to wish. Sponsor. Hey, hit us up. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, give us money. Yeah. And uh, Eric, thanks for coming on. Oh, again, thanks man. for having me. Uh, yeah, thanks, dude. Good. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks again for for listening, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye.